afford to be. This is small town music. This is big town music. He's ahead of his time, you know, but he can't use it. If only he could prove it. Well, tomorrow's just a song away, a song away, a song away. Hey, everybody! Welcome to Rock Solid, the comedy podcast for all things music, both new and classic. I'm Pat Francis, and joining me today in the producer's chair, filling in for young Kyle Dotson, who is who is working today, is uh, our our original producer uh, from Never Not Funny, Mr. Matt Belknap. How hey. you doing, Matt? Good. I'm good. Thanks for having me. Good. And Garen's also here. Hey, Garen. Hey, man. Garen's here to to Garen. Uh, that's an interesting name with a G. Yeah, Garen with a G. Yeah. Right? Is that a family name, Garen? Elvis's twin brother's middle name. Really? Garen Aaron? What was Elvis Aaron? Elvis Aaron. Aaron. And what was his brother's name? And didn't his twin die at birth or something? Yeah. Well, that was was a great legacy that your parents put on you then, Garen. (laughs) Well, yeah. Well, well, here's an interesting fact. My son, Trev. Now, wait a minute. I need to tell people who they're... Who they're hearing right now? Oh, all right. They don't even know. No, well, it doesn't matter. <laughs> it does matter. We're very excited to have you here. <laughs> yeah. uh, I'm going to call. Would you? Would SpongeBob you, couldn't be here, so they got me instead. <laughs> would you be okay, Steve, if I called you legendary guitarist? No, man, that's you're not happy really with that. Like, you know, don't they say that about dead people? <laughs> how about? I've been around uh, a long time. How about a guitarist? Guitarist? I don't, you don't know, like I that don't, either. Accolades like that are really a, you know, okay. I'm, this guy, luckiest man in show business. I'll okay. Take that. <laughs> uh, the luckiest man in show business is here. Go. I feel lucky today to have the humblest hum- man. The humblest, oh. yeah. There you go. Uh, I'm a total prick, actually. <laughs> from uh, uh, lead guitarist and founding member of Toto, mm. Mr. Steve Lucas. Here I am. Hey, How you man. doing, Steve? I'm great. How are you? I am good. Um, Steve, I've done some research. Uh oh. And it says the, the internet's nothing but lies, you, lies, lies. You alone have played on. Around 1,500? I don't know, man. You know, the count changes all the time. I I don't pay attention. I stopped doing real sessions, like day-to-day stuff, like 25 years ago. So this is all... I mean, I used to do a lot of stuff. A lot of session work. Yeah, it was great times. Some of the best times of my life. I want to read just some of the... A lot of stuff. Some of the well-known songs Uh that people might not know you played on. Uh, Talk to You Later by The Tubes. No, I co-wrote that. There you go. Look at that. That was Uh, written in the studio, man. Like, we showed up with nothing. An hour later, that track was written and cut. Does that happen a lot? Is that some of the best uh, tunes you know, sometimes? That doesn't usually like go that? down, but at the time, uh, you know, I was working with David Foster and Fee mm-hmm. Wabel and those guys, and, and uh, there was a trusted relationship, like, okay, you're showing up today, we're going to write and cut, and we did. Uh, and you're still friends with Fee? You oh, yeah, I love Fee. Lots of Big stuff fan together. of the tubes, I always have been. I love Fee. We're dear friends. We write together still to this day. Uh, Turn Your Love Around by George Benson. Yes. Uh, and a Grammy for that one. There you go. Uh, my uh, Matt is a is a gigantic fan of the album Thriller. Mm, uh, you and Eddie Van Halen are all over this thing. Well, Eddie, no, actually, I'm all over the thing. But uh, Eddie, <laughs> Eddie's just on beat it. Well, he played the solo. Yeah, that was it. I played everything else, everything the bass else. and all the other guitar parts. Everything else wow. on it is the, me, me and Jeff Vaccaro and um, Eddie played the solo and Michael singing. Now, when you guys were making Thriller, did did you have a feeling that that was going to be big or just just well, another it session? Well, it was coming off Off the Wall, which was a, at the time yeah. a massive record. And I was doing all the Quincy stuff. You know, we mm-hmm. did the Dude record that had all the hits off of that album. Yeah, and I think I was like twenty two years old when we did that. We were just kids, you know, and uh, and then that was coming up. That record was coming up, and Q said, "Okay, I want you guys on some of this stuff." So we did a bunch of it. We did the McCartney stuff. Wow. That was the first time I worked with Paul. Wow, and. Uh, that was Jeff Picaro, me and David Page, and Steve Picaro, and all that stuff. And when Human Nature is a basically a total song with Michael singing, <laughs> and Steve crazy. wrote it, and we 
helped do arrangements and all that stuff. Got nominated for a Grammy. For when, when you when you give away a song like Human Nature, then this part of you go. Oh, we well, no, that was a it. running joke because you know at the time we were fighting this soft rock image, which I hate the mm-hmm. term. It's yeah. like you know, uh, you know, just because the, re- the the record company kept putting out all the ballads and we got we got bagged immediately, and yeah. and that hurt us to a certain degree. But you know, forty years later, it doesn't really matter what they want to call you. I'm still here. <laughs> that's true. But you know, Steve Picard's running joke was that we kept going. Nah, man, you know that's that's a great tune, but like we want to be a little bit more. You know, we want to get away from that. So you were okay and, and with the whole thing? Away. We're looking more of like, like a stadium. You know, we want to get into that stadium rock thing, which was happening at mm-hmm. the time. Uh, which sounds pretentious to say it now, but uh, and then you edit Steve Picard like the years later edits and goes, "There's Michael singing it in an, in an actual statement." <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, guess you guys were wrong, huh? <laughs> and so it's been, a, it's, but you know that's there. We actually, we actually played it on a tour a couple of years ago. You know, oh, cool. uh, yeah. Joseph Williams sang it because he could do that kind of a voice without imitating. But right, right, right. He was in that vocal range, so you know that's definitely Steve's baby, and uh, and. Uh, it was really big successful. <laughs> yes, it was. Who knew? You know, we didn't know it was going to be the biggest record in history. Um, that and the Eagles, I guess. <laughs> and we worked with all those guys, too. So Yeah, you played uh, on Dirty Laundry. Yeah, I did a bunch of stuff with Henley. And we all did, actually. Um, and, we, uh, Dawn's a great cat. We're still buddies. I love all those guys. I'm friends with all the Eagles. I played on every single one of their records. That's good. I played that's live amazing. with Joe. I didn't play on his records, but you know, Joe's a buddy of mine, you know. My favorite band is Cheap Trick, and you, oh, I love you played yeah. some acoustic guitar on Dream Police. Actually, I played all the guitars on Voices. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. I like that yeah, when they, I say you did some of this, and then he corrects me with, no, that was all me. Well, no, Rick, <laughs> well, Rick, Rick it was a very funny story, because Rick said, look, I can't give you credit on the record, but you know, he gave me a platinum record and a gold guitar pick. Well, there you but, go. Uh, uh, and then in the liner notes, somewhere they said, oh, I just played acoustic, but if you listen to it, it's... It's definitely me on that one. How does I love those guys. They don't need me. I don't even know why I was ever on the track because I'm a huge Rick Nielsen fan. I love yeah. Cheap Trick. Uh, one of my favorite bands, actually. And uh, I was very flattered to be asked to just play. And I guess they wanted something weird on one tune. So when, and I was that weird guy. When you get a call for something like this back then, would you be like, really? Okay. I, the first question I asked is, why do you need me for you? Got <laughs> and we had just worked on an Alice Cooper record. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Together. The, uh, from the inside. Yeah. And, you know, and we, I loved playing with them. I said, and I got to play with them. Yeah. I think I played, originally I played acoustic on the basic track, but they wanted me to do the solo. So I said, why do you want me to do the solo? It's Rick, man. That's his band. And uh, it's been sort of a nudge, nudge, wink, wink. But uh, like I said, they didn't need me. I guess I was just a wild card flavor for the day. But that's a great album. And they consistently made great music from day one. Yeah, I love Cheap Tricks. Yeah, me too. They're, they're great my favorite. band. Jesus Robin um, Zander, one of the great voices ever. Still can sing. Yeah, oh, man. Keep man, the inst- you keep man. singing and you don't lose that instrument. Oh, man. He's just you know one of the rare cats. That's a great band. What about uh, – how does a session fee work? Like when you – when you play on Thriller, I charge a million dollars. Well, I mean, is, is, is there a million dollars? Is there any? Now look at the diamonds <laughs> flowing off of me. Do you see that? Uh, you got some crazy bling around your neck. I Not have really. Them. This is just gifts. Just, just stuff. Some, but I mean, do you get? Do you just get paid for that day session? Where like you don't get? Yeah. A, you don't have oh, a piece of geez, Thriller. If I, if I did, man, we'd be talking from my space shuttle. <laughs> if you had a piece of Thriller, you wouldn't be sitting across from me right now. <laughs> no, I probably would. I mean, you know, life goes on. You know, that was like a long time ago. You know, uh, I'm gonna throw out a couple more because I just saw this guy perform. Uh, last week at Largo, Randy Newman, you play on I Love uh, L.A. Yeah, I'm in the video, too. Wow. Yeah, we did that whole record. I did a couple records with Randy. I was, he was awesome. He it was, was so funny. He was so funny the other night. Most of that stuff was all live. That's great. That was all of us going, we love it. We got the track, <laughs> and, and me and Jeff and Lenny Castro said, well, we're, we're from L.A., man. We got to sign... And he says, I want to do this gang thing. And I said, well, we got to do this. Let's do it now. <laughs> After we cut the basic track, we quadruple tracked it. and said, We love it. 
Look, we've been talking for about three minutes, and I, I already know that you love what you do. Yeah. You're always having fun. Man, you know, it beats working for a living. <laughs> uh, I mean, you know, really, it's like the whole joke about it all. is It, it is work except for the two hours you get to play on stage or when you're actually cutting a track. Yeah. But there's a lot of bullshit in this business, too, that you have to, one must endure, you know? Do you still have to deal with that bullshit since the, the record companies are so different yeah. now? And oh, have- man, now everybody's suing everybody because everybody wants to get paid. And nobody wants to pay musicians anymore. It's like, oh, that's not a real job. It's like, well, that, tell that to my four kids and my two ex-wives. <laughs> Yeah. Do you have a current wife? No. All right. Yes, right here. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> She's really cute. Uh, Let you, the record show. Steve held up his hand. Still oh, no, 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 no. Uh, I'm, I'm a kidder. I'm a kidder. <laughs> you played on uh, Forever Man, Eric Clapton's uh, I song. I did. I talked my way onto that session because I wanted to work with Eric. Now, I was going to say that this sounds like one uh, where Eric, you. I just played a little rhythm okay. guitar. And, you know, it was nothing stellar. I was kind of actually one of the few sessions I was actually nervous about because, I mean, Eric's well, lifelong. Yeah. I would think as a guitarist. Yeah. You know, and, I, and I've worked with Jeff Beck. And I've worked with, uh, you know, and Jimmy Page was really nice to me when yeah. I met him because he used to be a studio player. And he right. took me aside and said, you know, those other guys out there. We were at this event at uh, mm. Guitar Center years ago with Eddie Van Halen, me and Peter Frampton and every guitar player in L.A. basically. Yeah. It was a tribute to him for a closed party thing. Mm. And he sees me and he grabbed me. And I, I think he's pointed at Eddie because I came <laughs> with him because we're, we're all dear friends. And, and, I, and he goes, yeah, I want to talk to you for a second. I'm like, Jimmy Page wants to talk to me. Well, and he took me aside and he goes, listen, man. He said he read somewhere where I was kind of uh, giving myself shit for being a studio musician. Uh-huh. I just go, people don't take us seriously. They they think we just sit in a in a room, uh, sitting on hemorrhoid donuts, reading dots all day long. <laughs> like that's the gig, and it's not the gig. You know, that's you know, uh, people who do TV film. It's all it's all written on the paper. We were hired to fill in the blanks, the stuff that wasn't there, and then we were really good at it. So that's how we got the gigs, much like what Jimmy Page mm-hmm. did in England before the Yardbirds and all that stuff. Yeah. So he was like, grab me. He goes. Those guys in there don't know what this gig is. So you should be really proud of that. Yeah. And, yeah, I was, and I was like really deeply touched that Jimmy Page would say that to me. Well, he played on some early Kinks records. And oh, all yeah. Kinds he played the stuff. solo on uh, the Gloria by them. Yeah, yeah. He did all the um, Donovan stuff, Hurdy Gurdy Man, all those cool little guitar parts and stuff like that. He played Herman's Hermits records. I think John Paul Jones did the strings for all those records back in the day. Yeah, so you, those guys were yeah. like basically studio guys. So yeah, you the just guys don't be- even Led Zeppelin or studio guys. I mean, it doesn't get any cooler than those guys. So what can I say? Yeah, you just don't become Jimmy Page. You got to kind no, of he work, was, work, he was a work at musician, it. Believe it or not, and uh, you know, one of my favorite, one of my heroes. Let's play. I want to play a quick solo off off of a song uh, that people have heard a million times, and this is. Uh, this is a song by uh, Olivia Newton-John. <laughs> Let's hear this. Oh, Lord. This is very old. Spent youth. (laughs) (laughs) When people think of the song Physical, you don't think that there's this long of a guitar solo right in the middle of that song until you hear it. Um, The producer, uh, John Farrar, and I are old Mm -hmm. buddies. And when I was a very young teenage studio musician, he was one of the first guys to hire me. 
Oh, great. And he was a great guy. And uh, I Olivia was, I mean, she was like 23 years old at the time. And my mm-hmm. God, one of the most beautiful women I've ever seen in my life. Well, how I did like you? three or four records with them. And how old were you at that time? I was just 18, 19 18 years old. 18 or 19. 19 I was 19. Uh, when I did this, I might have been early 20s. But, uh, you know, I did a bunch of stuff for Johnny. He'd hire me for all kinds of stuff. And this was one of the songs. And, uh, you know, it was the early 80s. You can only imagine what was going on at the time. You know what I mean? And it was all going on at that. So, I mean, I kind of cracked up when I heard the lyric. A, a guy named Steve Kipner wrote the song. Mm-hmm. And I had done a solo record that he had done that my friend Jay Graydon produced, who co-wrote Turn Your Love Around With Me. See, it's all very incestuous and commingled <laughs> together. We all know. Everybody knows everybody. We all work together. And at one point, Olivia and us had the same management. But uh, she's a great girl, man. She was very, very nice. Uh, but she wasn't there when I did that. It was just me and John hanging out. I said, he said, I want a guitar solo. And I said, at the time, guitar solos were in vogue. Now they're not. But, yeah. you know, I used to do. I used to come in and do that stuff really fast, one or two takes. See you later. Yeah, that's crazy. That, that, I can't imagine. What, how, at what age did you start playing guitar? I was seven when the Beatles came out on uh, Ed Sullivan. And first album, I got a copy of Meet the Beatles uh, guitar. And I saw him on the Ed Sullivan show. And I wanted to be George Harrison really badly. And I was able to tell him that many years later, but... So he, is, is that your number one influence? Well, he was my first guitar yeah. girl. And, you know, come on, the Beatles are still, I don't care what anybody says. I mean, they are the chicken that hatched the billion eggs that became <laughs> wow. musicians. Anybody that's yeah. my age or in and around was started playing because of them. And to, and to jump around a little bit since we brought the Beatles up, you just, you've just you been touring with Ringo. Yeah, three years now. How long Worked on it... a new album, wrote a song with him, a couple songs with him. And uh, he's become a dear friend of mine. I, I adore the man. I mean, I really, really, really... Such respect and love for the cat, man. And how long does it take you to say yes to that phone call to tour with Ringo? I I already... Somebody called me up and said, would you be interested? Before they got out interested, I said, yes. Just when? (laughs) I want to do that. Matter of fact, I bailed on a potential tour that we were going to do. I said, look, I, I, I... I've been offered really great gigs through the yeah. years that I wasn't able to take. Elton John asked me to join his band. Miles Davis asked me to join Mitchell. And I couldn't do it yeah. because the band was always – it was my high school brothers. I'm not going to do a record and then bail. Bail, yeah. I mean, Miles called because like, he worked on our Fahrenheit record. And, and, we, and he had cut a pop record that he was working on. And he mm-hmm. cut Human Nature. So he was working with Steve Picaro. That's how we, we all kind of met him. Yeah. You know, and we're – and he – and. He ended up playing on one of our records. It was a fluke, you know. <laughs> we got to we were, David Page and I wrote the song, uh, and he dug the song and he just played on it, you know. And, and the next thing you know, like the day before we're leaving on a three month tour, I get this call: "Hey, man, Miles, I want you to come to New York tomorrow and join my band." I'm like, why are you kidding me? Right. It's got to be some surreal joke. He's trying to steal you And I said, I can't steal you do away. it. I said, I'm deeply honored, I, but I can't do it. I got to leave you. I couldn't do that to you. I, I can't do this. And he goes, I understand. Yeah, but I, got the, I got the call. I was deeply honored to even be considered yeah, that's amazing. for such a thing. And, uh, you know, I'm a huge Miles Davis fan. So I've had a very weird, interesting life, of eclectic kind of music. You go from <laughs> Olivia Newton-John to Miles Davis in the same sense. Not a lot of guys, I guess. <laughs> But uh, you know, I, I like all kinds of music. I like a I like a, a goofy pop song as much as anybody. But you know, I have eclectic tastes. Would you like this Uptown Funk song? Yeah, I do. It's very good. Isn't that a great song? Well, it's Earth, Wind, and Fire. Yeah, you know, 
Is I little, mean, you know, they didn't in, reinvent the wheel, right, right, but it's right. nice but to it's hear great. some real cats playing instead of machines. I'm sick and tired of machines yeah. playing music. Uh, I'm telling I really you, am. I, I'm sorry. I mean, you, I mean, you don't want to hear Lin's someone a, just pushing a button and no, Roger Lynn. I was there. I saw the very first drum machine, mm-hmm. Roger Lynn, the Lynn drum. Right, that was number one. I saw number one. I saw it plugged in for the first time. Uh-huh. I was sitting with Jeff Picaro and Steve Picaro, sitting in in a room. He was living in a. He was Leon Russell's guitar mm-hmm. player. He was also a genius engineer, so yeah. he was his, his audio engineer as well as he could fix anything. This Roger Lynn's a genius guy. Nice guy, still friends. But I saw this thing, when he, and he had taken apart like a rolling rhythm box thing, yeah. this thing that would make all like the Latin rhythms and stuff, and he figured out, when I saw this thing with alligator cables all over it. And when he hit play... And we heard, you know, hi-hat, snare, and kick playing boost, bass, doo-doo, bass. I thought Jeff Picard was going to lose his fucking mind. He goes, he looks at me, and he looks at him, and he goes, we have to destroy this right now. <laughs> this is going to ruin everything. <laughs> and he was right. It did. Well, there's not, I mean, there's nothing like real drums. There's nothing I'm like I'm sorry. It. There's nothing like real musicians. Yeah. I mean, would you like to have sex with a blow-up doll or a real woman? That's the difference to me. Well, There's been some cool music made in machines, and I like EDM music. And We just worked with Skrillex yeah. and this band mm-hmm. called uh, uh, What's So Not. Uh-huh. We, we, two worlds collide. We wrote a piece, and it's going to come out towards cool. the end of the year. And I really was knocked out by their whole vibe. They're not like musician musicians yeah. where they have an attitude, and they're kind of like posturing themselves. Oh, I'm really mm-hmm. cool. These are really warm, cool people that were just, we just, nothing like what I thought the experience was going to be like. It was really positive. I mean, I saw their process, which I found very interesting, how people who are not really musicians, although Skrillex is a musician, but uh, the other guys, they they make their music with the computer, so they've turned that into a musical instrument. So that sort of, I learned, I I was humbled by what they were doing. I Mm -hmm. went, wow, you know, I really didn't give these guys a fair shot to take a look at what they were doing because they are making some really interesting music with us. And they were kind of saw our process because we wrote a piece from scratch with nothing. And then they saw us, okay, we were writing words and then overdubbing us. Okay, let's double this part and do this part. And the way we worked, they were like, look at us like we were aliens, (laughs) you know, the old school way. So it was really old school and new school. It was a very positive experience and we really enjoyed it. It turns out they were closing their uh, uh, DJ sets with Africa, which is a song that that will not die, you know. No, it's not going anywhere. It's like herpes. It follows. <laughs> just when you thought you got rid of it, there it is again. Uh, one more, one more thing about Ringo before we get into some Toto stuff. My um, brother Ringo. I, uh, I, I was uh, out with my friend David Wilde last week. Oh, I love David Wilde. Do you know him? I, I, I do. What a nice guy. Yeah, we went to. Uh, he took me to see um, Randy Newman at Lard. Oh, that's great. Man, but, I tell him I said hi. I really think he's uh, of all those that those kind of journal guys. He's yeah. like the far and away the coolest guy. Such Most of those guys guy. hate us and hate you know. But, but, uh, you know, he's made the exception. He's always saying nice stuff about yeah. me, and I really, really think a lot of him. And I thank you, David, if you're listening. He does listen, so he'll, he will so, hear this. Um, you were a very nice man, and I owe you a dinner out sometime. <laughs> <laughs> he told me that he was – because he hangs out with Ringo a lot, and he told me that Ringo told him that you – Tell the dirtiest jokes Ringo's ever heard. I have a few. <laughs> I've had that reputation for a long, long time. It's not so much dirty jokes. I'm just a filthy human being. <laughs> you know, I'm just, you know, my mother, uh, my mother said she dropped me on my head when I was young. And that's how it happened. God bless. 
I just don't have a filter, man. I say whatever's on my mind. And now that I'm it's an older guy, I'm like old and eccentric. Now nobody can bust my balls on it. Yeah, because now you're like, I don't care. And then you really don't care as well, you get you, older. You know, if you were going to put me on the spot, I couldn't think of anything filthy to tell you right now. But right. I just kind of work off the room. You know, it's not that I'm a joke teller like, right. you know, Jackie Marlin or something like that. Right. He's a great, great funny man. But, yeah. you know, I, I don't know a thousand jokes. I just, if somebody says something, I will take it to the darkest possible place <laughs> it can go. I think that's what he means. Uh, I don't know. I don't want to say that. My email, <laughs> my my email responses are legendary. I'll just yeah. do that. <laughs> Those need to be printed up into no, a book. Oh yeah, I don't know. Um, you were talking about bands that wanted you to uh, to join them. At one point, did Asia want you to join them? Yes, as a matter of fact, John went and called me, and I was very flattered. I can't do it, but you know, uh, I was like, well, I played on one of their records. Yeah, you played on. I have that one, and I also up. worked on a John Wetton solo album too. Well, I have uh, I have this song uh, "Days Like These" queued up. Oh, I this forgot. Is, this, I, I mean, I don't. Rem- I don't this think is I've the heard one. it since I got it. This is one of my favorite Asia songs. So let's hear this. I love that song. I would have loved to see what a, what an Asia album was. That sounds like a Martha Hoople song. It doesn't sound like an Asia song. <laughs> it doesn't sound like an Asia song. No, I forgot about them. And I have to be honest with you. I mean, there's a lot of stuff I forgot. I, I knew I did it, mm-hmm. but I haven't heard the piece of music since we did it. Well, we're here to remind you. We're here to refresh your memory. <laughs> oh, I'm honored to be a small part, which uh, I will see Jeff Downs this summer as we are touring with Yes. Yes, that's going to be Bill. That's going to be amazing. We'll play at the Greek, uh, I think it's September 6th or something like that. Is, Check uh, out the website, ladies and gentlemen. Is that a co-headlining tour? Yeah. You guys going to flip-flop? No, or? we're going to do 90 minutes. They're going to do 90 minutes. You have to understand something. We were Our band, when we were kids, we used to stand outside and wait for tickets to get to see close to the edge of the forum or topographic oceans. Yeah. One of our favorite all-time bands. And we have a little bit of history in there. John Anderson sang on one of our records. Mm-hmm. We worked on one of his records. I know he's not in the band anymore, but I worked with um, Chris Squire on a Greg Lake record and... You know, I've known Alan White for years, and uh, the one person I've not met who is a guitar hero of mine is Steve Howe, and I'm looking forward to that very much. Yeah, that'll be. I I, I saw Steve a couple times recently, and he is fantastic. I'm one of my all-time like, heroes. It, he looks so effortless when he plays. I don't right, even you know, know how he's good. doing. When you're good, that's what it looks like. Uh, now and then, and then, um, uh, oh, who's the bass player? You just said his name from Yes, Chris Squire. Chris man, Squire. Come on. He's I, I, I know. I just I draw, draw, it just I drew a blank. Uh, Chris Squire and Yes is like you and Toto. Like you guys never leave. No, no, no. Yeah, you, well, you know, I, you know, for reasons unknown, really, truly. Really. <laughs> uh, this is uh, our band will not die. We've tried to kill it ourselves, <laughs> and uh, and we still wouldn't die. You know, we could. We, you know, we come back and. Uh, these are my high school brothers. We've known each other since we were 15 yeah, years old. Yeah, that's what I want to say. You guys are really, like, some, you guys don't seem like the band. Like, there's some bands that you just feel like, oh, when the show's over, boom, they separate ways. You guys seem like you probably talk on the phone. You no, probably we love each other. I mean, your I, I your kids' birthdays. Oh, yeah. I mean, our all kids that kind grew of up stuff. together. That's, you know, that's uh, great. You know, I had dinner with uh, Steve Picard and James Newton Howard last night. You know, we were just hanging out, being friends like we like we are. See, that's what I, that's what James, a very famous film composer, you know, mm-hmm. and a yeah, guy that sure. we grew up with and known forever, and one of us. He worked on our records. You know, he wrote the string chart with, for well, my song "I Won't Hold You Back," which is a big hit record on yeah. the Total Four record. It's a uh, symphony orchestra. He did all the Elton stuff, and then that was prior to him be- becoming the 
gigantic film composer that he is now, but we used to do a lot of sessions together. And did you guys go to high school together? No, James, we met James later. Uh, I met him through Richard Perry when I first started working, doing sessions for him when I was 19. Mm-hmm. You know, I met the now. members of Toto. Were you guys in oh, high we school? We Grand High School, man. <laughs> you all graduated? Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I had a great scam going with my little sister. My, my mom looked the other way. I, I purposely failed the Iowa test so I could get in all the dummy classes. <laughs> So I could cut school most of the time and come in and ace the test. Because my parents were like, please, please just graduate high school. Then I'd pay my sister uh-huh. to do my term papers. Now, if one of your kids was doing this, how would you feel about that? Well, my oldest son kind of did that. <laughs> you know, he's on the road right now. He's playing with this kid, Ryan Cabrera. Oh, that's great. Oh, yeah. I know, yeah, I know yeah, who Ryan um, Cabrera yeah, is. He's like the MD for that show. and He, uh, he quit school 10 years ago to uh, go be Lindsay Lohan's musical director before she really went south. Yeah. Is that, are you happy when your son goes into music? Are you excited Look, about that? I saw the grades, like, man. He wasn't going to be a doctor, man. <laughs> you know, that wasn't going to happen. You know, what happened was I ruined his life in, in the sense that I took him on the road with me when he was about 12 years old. And he said, this is pretty cool. And I took him to Europe with me for a summer. And he saw the whole thing. And I dragged him out on stage to play in the last tune. And once he got that rush of playing in front of 10,000 people, it was over. He came home and he... Dove into the woodshed and got himself together, but you know he's a really great player. In a not like he doesn't, he's not like a blues player, and he's not a shredder. He's yeah. like a world class musician. I mean, he writes great songs, he sings, he looks really cool, and he's a great guitar player and a, a, a great asset to any band. So he's, his career is starting to take off. It's a little it took him a little longer than it took me, but well, that's because that's how the, that's how the music business is. He's it's getting gonna the gigs take a now, and he loves it. He just lives and breathes it. I mean, he's a road. Like, he's been out for two and a half months. He goes, I can stay out forever. I go. You're young. You're <laughs> You wait. No, and does your your wife's response, his mom's response, or your ex wife's response? response yeah. yeah, does she say, thanks a lot, Steve? Nah, she knew it was coming. What's she going to do? You can't <laughs> fight it. You know, it's just like my parents, I thought I grew out, I would grow out of it when I was a little kid. Right. I remember my father saying, I was like nine or ten years old in my first little band, and, and uh, you know, my dad says, well, you should probably start thinking about what you're going to do in life you know, later on. You know, you're not going to be a kid forever. I go, well, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to be. A, I'm, I'm going to be a musician. I'm going to be make records and go on the road and, or not. That I didn't say the road. I want to go. I want to be famous like the Beatles or something. My dad Pat, laughed at me. He goes, Pat me on. He goes, You got a billion and one chance, kid. And I immediately looked at him. I said, That's me. Without well, question, without taking a breath. My fingers are crossed that this pans out for you. Well, you know, <laughs> I just. I'm glad that it did. Yeah. And we worked really hard. I mean, the thing about us in school is that we all. Uh, there was a lot of music in in public school. Like, yeah, we back took, then we there took, was. We took harmony and theory, piano. We had uh, sight singing. We took every class. Those are the only classes we showed up for. You know, <laughs> and we managed to scam our way through everything else. And then we were also studying privately, and I took orchestration and you know composition. I mean, mm-hmm. plus, you know, plus I played every gig I could get my hands on. So we were voraciously studying. All the people in our band. Matter of fact, one of the guys that was in our high school band, Michael Landau, plays with. Uh, well, he's a very famous studio guy, yeah. but he's also plays with James Taylor, and you know, every, his discography is much like ours. He grew up right around the corner from here on Atoll Street. I remember because I'm looking, I'm looking around this neighborhood. <laughs> I know this neighborhood well, uh, and you know he was there. John Pierce, who plays with Huey Lewis, he was the bass player. So I mean, all these guys That's I grew amazing. up with. In you the know hood. everyone. Your your Rolodex is thick. Well, I've been doing this for 40 years, so I mean, you know, yeah. I mean, everybody coming up and everybody I've had a chance to work with are still friends for the most part. Let's talk, uh, your nickname's Luke. Yeah, but that was Steve Picaro was in the band, so one of us had to give. That's what I thought it was. There's two Steves. Yeah, it so wasn't like, a, you know, this was way before Star and, Wars and all that and shit. And he didn't want to be called Pork. <laughs> no. So you I, had no, to be. No, 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 that wasn't going to happen. 
Uh, no, it just it just sort of morphed that way. I've been that ever since. There's always a hundred Steves in the room, so I became Luke, and I'm fine with that. Uh, Who can call me that? My friends do. I can call you Luke. Yes. Are you fucking do. kidding me? <laughs> no, you can put your pants back up now. Man. It's okay. <laughs> I've what? never seen a, an unwrapped half a roll of Tums before. <laughs> My wife has. Um, the name Toto, where'd that come oh, from? Oh, fuck. You're not going to answer. I'm not answering that question. This is just, you're tired of it. We were all on acid and we watched The Wizard of Oz and that's where it came. Is that really that's true? That's what happened. All right. I didn't know if you guys, if it, were there other names that were thrown out at the time? I sort of really thought we should be called Still Life, which was our high school band name. Okay. I thought that would have been a much cooler name. But, you know, and we've taken a lot of shit because of it. I think it made it really easy to, to make fun of us with a name like that. But, you know. Uh, I'm not making I, fun I, of the name. No, I just want you to okay. say. At this point, it's, Luke. It, 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 no, it's, it's, it's been one of my, you know, it's, it is what it is now. I mean, I, I'm happy and proud to be in the band. You know, we've had a, a great run. There's not a lot of us that can say we've had no. this long of a run. Through all the ups and downs, I mean, death, destruction, drugs, uh, in, changing members, yeah. uh, all sorts of changing styles. Uh, just we've en- endured what the seventies, eighties, nineties, two thousand, two thousand. It's crazy. Um, so that's five different decades to try to make music in. Let's get. Let's hear the song uh, that probably everyone first time they heard Toto. They they probably heard Hold the Line. So let's hear that. Yeah. Then we'll go into the solo too, Matt. <laughs> sounds so young. Still sounds great though. Thanks. the solo queued up oh yeah hold on hey you really don't have to man you know <laughs> the listeners want to hear it Steve you might not want to hear it I like you guys in, in the on the album cover you guys are wearing uh, not in the cover but in the sleeve Guys have some dress shirts on. Oh God, I hated that. <laughs> Whose idea was that? It doesn't look. Oh, like- you, if you look at my face, I look like the most pissed off motherfucker you've ever seen in your life. Because first off, I had this really wild ass hair, and I was dressing like a guy from Seattle uh-huh. in 1990 in <laughs> 1977. I had ripped up jeans and a pendleton shirt and a t-shirt on, and that's who I was. Yeah. And I said, that's what I'm going to be dressed like. They said, no, you can't dress like that. <laughs> Is that record company influence? Record company, management, everybody's sitting there. They cut my hair. They put me in this ridiculous <laughs> fucking, looks like my dad's shirt. It does. It and really, then, and then they, and you look at my face, and look at my face, it looks like I just had my first prostate check and I had been <laughs> raped. I was so angry about that. <laughs> it just... But I was at the time I was 19 years old, and I was sort of like me and Steve were like the junior members. Yeah, it was Jeff Picaro and David Page's band mm-hmm. uh, as they were coming off the Silk Degrees stuff, and we had come off out of high school and joined that band. That's the Steve, great, Steve the, great Boz, the great Boz Skaggs yeah. album, Silk Degrees. Boz really spawned us. Yeah. I have to say. Now Steve in high school joined Gary Wright's band. He quit school to join Gary's and did the Dreamweaver tour yeah. and did all. So he was coming off of that. And then David grabbed him to be, you know, do the second keyboards, all the crazy. Because Steve is the synthesizer madman. Mm-hmm. He was into this stuff in 1970 before anybody. He had synthesizers and electronic music school and all this stuff. He would read the manuals, and he's a genius at that level. I mean, he, nobody knows this stuff more than he does. Man. And, uh, 
And he had that's one of the things he brought to the band. You know, Dave was the mm. meat and potatoes piano organ guy. Yeah. And Steve was this eclectic Eno-ish kind of cat that we had. And uh, and he also composed some really quirky, interesting pop stuff. So he was a great asset. To the and band. You, you he still put, is. You put this all together, all these different eclectic styles. And that's well, that's what, what we you, are. I mean, get. like you know, I come from more. Of the, I was more of the rock guy, which became pam- painfully obvious. Mm-hmm. But I also loved R and B, and I was studying jazz, and I was into that. But I'm not really a jazz player yeah. per se. I mean, I can dance in the arena, but I I, I wouldn't. You know, I never sat there and studied standards mm-hmm. and spent my life uh, transcribing giant steps off of the Coltrane records and stuff. <laughs> Um, I, you know, I like to make money. Too. Yeah. <laughs> now, let me ask you this, because uh, you talk about record company influence. Uh, how did you guys get to produce your first album? Well, how weird. did that happen? They didn't let bands do that, especially no. new bands. But they have to understand that David Page really was pretty much the producer of okay. Silk Degrees. I mean, yeah. from a, certainly from a musical standpoint. And Jeff was a huge presence there. And Jeff was in Steely Dan when we were in high school. And that was like wow, one of our all-time crazy. favorite bands. You know, we learned the whole Katie Light album before it came out. We were playing at high school <laughs> dances, and Jeff and Dave would come play with us. How'd that go over at the high school dance? They dug it. Steely Dan was huge. Okay, they cool. just thought we wrote these really great songs. You know, <laughs> apparently Donald Fagan and Walter Becker came to saw us once. You know, and they thought we were really cool. <laughs> I almost did the Steely Dan tour. That was my that was my Steely Dan claim to fame. I played with Donald and I played with Walter, but yeah. I've never played on a Steely Dan record. But I did get asked. Right after the Boss Gags Silk Degrees summer tour in 77 mm-hmm. to do the, I think it was the, um, might have been the Royal Scam uh, album tour that never happened. But we actually started to rehearse. Me and Danny Diaz started playing. And they actually hired me for two seconds, but we never actually played. Jeff was going to play drums. Just some rehearsals. Just some preliminary stuff. And then it just fell apart. And then Toto jumped in the studio and they're... Our first record, then I started doing all these sessions, you know, Jeff yeah. Picaro and David Page, and then a guy named David Foster uh, rec- started recommending me for all this stuff, and it just, and Jay Graydon and Larry Carlton and Lee Rittenauer and Ray Parker Jr., all the, and Dean Parks, the, the main studio guitar players. Uh, you know, I was introduced to them, started hanging out with them. We're all mm-hmm. still lifelong friends. And uh, they were moving up to production or being artists, and, yeah. they, and then a little hole opened up for me. And then when I started to get really busy, Michael Landau, our, my other high school buddy, genius guitar player, uh, he came in and started doing this, and we're all still buddies. And every one of these names that you're naming, my head is just spinning with discographies in my head. Yeah, because man, these well, guys, I still see their names on stuff yeah. all the time. Uh, hold the line, by the way. That went to number five. How yeah. exciting is no, that? Well, to, that was to our hear first you on, record. You're on the radio. That was a trip. I remember I, I, was, I had bought a house um, in, off of Radford Avenue with my friend. I was just a kid, and I, 20 well, years what old. What was your decorating style like at uh, that it, was, it was a <laughs> early empty house with a couch and a stereo and a, a bar. A beanbag chair, maybe. <laughs> well, you know, uh, my my f- older kid's mom and I, she was 18, I was 20, mm-hmm. bought a house, and then uh, that was my first plaid. And, and were you I married got, at that? Were you no, married we at were that? Just, no, we were just... Shack, shacking up. Is shacking up at that time. Uh, and uh, Paige called me. He goes, we're on the radio. It was like KMET or something like that. You know, it was like, you know, the stations we listened to as kids. Uh-huh. And I think it was either KLOS or KMET. And then they both started playing it. But the first time I heard it on the radio, I cranked it up in my house. And it was a real moment. It was like, we're on the radio in L.A. They're playing our music. Because, you know, you make this record, you go, okay, we made a record. Now what? Yeah. It does, there's no guarantee of success at all, especially back then. Yep. You know, uh, it was before we, we knew what was going on behind the scenes, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this thing just sort of blew up, man. It became something. And the weird part and the backlash of that is that when that came out, so did the Sex Pistols. So you have to understand that we became the antithesis yeah. of that. We were the whipping boy. We were the 
We were the yang to the ying of whatever those guys were. Now, to compare us is ridiculous. Yeah. That's like comparing in, in if you were to look at somebody like Miles Davis and Johnny Winter. Mm-hmm. If you were just not musically, but how they look, how they look, that's, yeah. that that is just how opposite we are. Of how can you compare these two things? No, you can't. But they used us as like oh, this is what rock really is, and this is what rock really isn't. Yeah, and they put us as the poster boys of okay, let's hate on these guys. Total. And then, and Perfect. Then, they and have then a when, shitty name and everything. We'll just kill them. And then they show that picture of you guys in your in your dress shirts. And that well, just you know, yeah, I mean, well, well, the, the thing was, we were an imageless band. We yes. were just guys. We were players. We were geeks. We play practiced our instruments. We didn't think about oh, what are we going to look like? Mm-hmm. See, mo- there are more people who became quote-unquote rock stars were really yeah. aware of their look right and since we we patterned ourselves a band like the eagles or the mm-hmm. fleetwood mac or even you know our heroes the beatles but not the same musically comparison right. but like there's multiple singers in the band yes in other words with fleetwood mac you got stevie nicks christine and and Lindsay. with us you have page me and whoever almost the, everyone yeah, sings know. in total yeah. kind of uh, it's steve Carl, bobby kimball's the original guy then joseph williams was our other guy that was really successful with who's in the band now yeah and he was a childhood friend of ours. His father was John Williams, the film composer. And so, I mean, we were all just growing up in this whole. And the Picaro, their father was a studio musician. Mm-hmm. Marty Page was a legendary arranger. I mean, I'm the only alien sperm cell. I don't know who in my family plays music. <laughs> you know, no one. You, you're ground zero for music in your family. Well, yeah, but as it turns out, somebody's you know these you know living the internet world where like you know some fan figured out that my. <laughs> uh, lineage goes back to Eastern Europe, and that uh, my name was changed at Ellis Island. It was Lucas Sir with an S uh-huh. instead of Thur, but you know they always misspell. Picaro was Picara. It became Picaro because I guess most of the people at Ellis Island were deaf and they couldn't hear what people <laughs> were saying. Otherwise, the accents were so thick that they couldn't understand. So they just wanted. To, they were just like cattle. Okay, next you're in. Except you couldn't change your name back mm-hmm. once they wrote that on Ellis Island. That's your family name forever. Right. Now I know that I have German descent on uh, uh, on on my dad's side. Yeah. So I mean, they say that there was a, I'm like some Romanian gypsy musician people <laughs> and that side of the world. So I did kind of look somewhere. like a gy- you kind of look like a gypsy a little bit. I used to I used to drink like one. I <laughs> now, here's that a, was a long time ago. I'm reformed now. I want to say this about Toto. You guys are are anyone who pigeonholes you. I don't feel has listened to your entire catalog. They've, uh, they've only heard a couple of ballads. Like, oh, Africa, man, I hate that song. They've yeah. only heard a couple of the hit singles, yeah. or a couple of ballads, and then they say, "Oh, those guys are this." When I, you guys are all over the map. Well, you know, if you come see us live, you're going to get a different take. You're going to be very surprised. Yeah, because you're not like these bands that just play. You know, you play the hits, but then you play deep album cuts, and then you change the set list around. Yeah. I mean, some bands. I love Journey, but when I go see Journey, they play those the thirteen songs, and that, yeah, that's it. We, we consciously don't do that. Yeah. I mean, like we have to play like the you know you got to play Rosanna, Africa, 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 hold the line. line. You okay. got to. We have to do that, but if you give that a two hour set. And, right. and we have a new album, the 14 records out, and we'll yes. do a few songs off that. But we got a lot of deep cuts that the, that the people that really like our band want to hear us do, do exactly. different stuff. And but, we are doing that. We, we've got a killer 23 song set list for this next upcoming tour. We're very excited. You can get through 23 songs in 90 minutes? Uh, well, not in the U.S. We do two hours plus overseas. Damn, we're not but we'll change there. it up every night. We'll play different songs depending on how okay. what goes over. I mean, the Yes crowd, I mean, who knows? They, they probably, there are probably a lot of people that think, oh, God, Africa, I have to sit through that shit. Uh, and they'll be very surprised. <laughs> I hope they don't say that. No, I mean, no, yeah, listen. You know, the internet, uh, some people, you know, I have people, friends of mine go, check this out, some guy. 
Some guy said he would rather have his testicles put in a meat grinder with a wood-burning set, putting his eyes out, and listen to our music. And, and he goes, I hate that Africa shit. And that's what he thinks, because he's only heard that. Af- yeah. Listen, there's been a few nights where I thought I felt the same way about that song. So I really don't, you know, I understand. But, you know, the, that feeds my family. So you got to give the people what they want. <laughs> Let so, me add, the, your, your second album, Hydra, I, mm. I need to ask you this, because I don't know. Is that you on the cover of the Hydra? That's mm. not you on the cover. Steve Carl. That is Steve. Yeah. Let's see. Okay, well, I'm glad this. I got that a lot. The hair thing. Yeah, the hair. Because you uh, over the years, the ha- when you look back at some of these pictures, you have to think what. Uh, you know, it's really. Cool. I think I saw one picture where your hair was this high off your. Well, head. you know, so was everybody else's. This time, <laughs> yeah. In all fairness, you know. But you. Uh, no, the '80s were a really bad time for so many things. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Um, <laughs> you, were, yeah, you were probably a fetus at the time. I was. Yeah, I was ten. Yeah, I want to. Uh, I want to jump to your third album because I have to tell you something. I don't know how this album isn't known by everyone. I don't know how this wasn't it hasn't been played alongside. It's a very strange record in our in our catalog. It doesn't I know. sound like anything else. But it I mean, was, uh, this thing should be played along Foreigner Four and Journey Escape and and well, the same and, guy engineered it. Yeah, I mean, Roy Thomas Baker's engineer Jeff Workman. God bless his soul. It's uh, we were kind of going for that, you know. We wanted you, to be so radically it. different, you know. This is let's hear, uh, let's jump into Gift with a Golden Gun. Oh no, wow. Deep cuts. This, yeah, this is amazing. Listen to that. I love this so much. Wait to hear the drums. Wow. And then the piano. Good deal. And Bobby Kimball's voice on this album is fucking amazing. to end it I could hear the entire song my uh, my 10 year old daughter I play this song so much that she knows the lyrics really uh, what is I haven't heard that in a million years. Um, you know, that was, uh, that was uh, Jeff Workman uh, discovered the flanger on my guitar on that one. <laughs> well, um, I love it. What does gift with a golden gun mean? I don't even know what the song means. I love it, and I don't know what it means. The crazy chick with a gun will blow your head off if you mess with her, I guess. All right. Well, I don't want to run into her. Uh, <laughs> ask David Page. Listen, we were blazing during that record, man. So, uh, uh, now, let's hear. I'm, we're going to play a couple songs off here. You sing this next one, Live for Today. I, oh, yeah, I wrote that song. I don't, I don't know what I was thinking of this time. This is that new wavy sort of thing, you know, split ends kind of a cop, you know what I mean? I like those records, you know. This is in my top three Toto albums. Really? Without a doubt. This one gets away from most people, you know? It does, and I wish they... I'm I'm here to tell them to go get this album. Let's get to the solo on this too, please, Matt. (laughs) You actually like this stuff. I do. I didn't expect this at all. You're cracking me up. (laughs) 
And uh, A Million Miles Away is an amazing song. I mean, this whole album, my, my only problem with this album is there's only eight songs on it. I want, I want more. Um, at the time, we were trying, uh, it was a matter of fidelity, I think, at the time, which is interesting because that's the weirdest sounding record we have. Mm. Uh, you can only get a certain amount of uh, music on one side and yeah. if you wanted to make a loud record. And we were trying to be loud and obnoxious for whatever reasons we were trying to fight against this soft pop rock uh-huh. image, which was funny because when I came up with the idea for that solo, I was working on an Earth, Wind & Fire record mm-hmm. with George Massenberg. And that I, I was doing that during the day and I went in at night and recorded that solo. So it's the yin and yang of musical a musical day, you know? <laughs> how does that, on a t- when you guys were doing a Toto record, how did you guys decide... Like uh, the original lineup, Bobby Kimball's, I guess you call him the lead vocalist, but yet he doesn't sing lead on everything. No, is that- none of, none of the, you can't really say that. I mean, he likes to go out and bill himself as the voice of. Right. But, but that would be a lie. I but mean, he doesn't play an instrument, right? On he any, plays keyboards a little he bit. He plays keyboards. Yeah. But I'm saying, um, uh, how do I want to say it? Like he. He, he, he was his, sung his, every word that you hear was sung to him. Sing this. Okay. Sing this. And then he would just re- sing it like that. Um, it was took some time. <laughs> okay. <laughs> what, I guess my, my real question wasn't that. It was, it was about how do you decide, When you have someone that people think is your lead vocalist, how do you get around, uh, oh, no, Dave's going to sing this well, song. Well, no, we or do. Steve's I mean, we throw the ball the around. Sometimes we try different things. I mean, Bobby uh-huh. had a great instrument. I mean, he, he you know, back mm-hmm. in the day, he could really sing some really soulful stuff and had yeah. control of it, you know. Um, we, but, you know, David would often go, it, it depends on who wrote the song. If yeah. I wrote a song, they, they would go, okay, why don't you sing this? Like in the case of Rosanna or whatever, we both tried it. Yeah. And Dave goes, well, you sound good here, but he sounds better up here. Why don't we do a, uh, why don't I rewrite this verse so that you can both sing it and mm-hmm. we'll modulate it into his key from your key. And the sort of thing that we started to become known for was having multiple vocalists yes. on the same song. Like Africa was Dave, mm-hmm. and then Bobby's voice is stronger in the chorus, although... That was sung once and flown because he couldn't do it again. Right. Um, a lot of the stuff we just throw the ball around. See, on, on our new album, like there's songs that have three of us singing lead vocals yeah. on the same it, song. And, and so, um, I mean, we always thought you know, whoever sounds best or was in the right key, whoever put the emotion across. And that kind of set you apart too, because all these other bands of the day, you know, foreign, all these bands, they had they had a lead vocalist. This is our lead vocalist. Right. And I mean, and that's why when we did have to go through the changes we did, yeah. it wasn't quite so scary. Because you knew you guys, yeah, and then, you, you, know, you knew the fans were familiar. Well, they're familiar with Steve's voice and Dave's voice yeah. too. So if this you know, guy, the, the true fans, is kind of like all the vocalists. Yes. I mean, all the vocalists have been great. Fergie was great. Mm-hmm. Bobby was great in the day. Joseph was great. He came back, and his voice was stronger than it was in the eighties. His so. vo- and we're going to get. We're definitely going to talk about this because this this Toto fourteen album, it, it might be. Your best album. <laughs> I'm not kidding. Well, getting look, the best reviews. We're we, not used to getting good here's reviews. Here's what's crazy. No, about I keep this. thinking like you know Alan Funt's going to walk through the door. Of course, he's been dead for hundred years. So when, when it's, I'm showing my age right here. When it's this late, when they, when it's when it's this far into a career, and and a band puts out a new record, you 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 well, hope it's, it's usually a yawn. It's like oh yeah, you hope it's good, but then this thing. You I really I, tried, man. I mean, you, we had to dispel the myth that first off, old guys can't write some new fresh material, and, and that the album is dead and nobody cares. You guys rock on this album well, too. We worked hard. Ten months of our lives went into that. You know? And it's uh, I, I had this album. Uh, I had this album very early. Um, you getting a call? Who's this? You getting Joseph, called for session? They need Williams. you to go play guitar somewhere. Joseph Williams, you're on the radio right now. <laughs> this is the current lead vocalist of. There you are. Of, you hear uh, hey, oh. Joe. We, we can't hear him, but that's okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let me talk. call you when this is over. We're promoting your record, Joe. 
Uh, his we vo- are friends. <laughs> his voice is struck. Maybe he's calling yeah, saying, so. hey, maybe he's saying, well, yeah, Steve, he's been, where's my money, Steve? But, maybe that's what that call listen, was. Listen, we've got a lot of people who are asking that very same question. <laughs> let me, where's the frickin' money? Now, let me tell you that. I had this album really early uh, from the record company, uh, but it was just, I could only I could only listen to it through my computer. The stream, yeah. You got yeah, the, the stream. Mastering Lab stream. That was the right way to hear it. And it sounds... I listened to this thing nonstop just Thank through you. my little dinky computer Thanks. Uh, speakers and was blown away. Well, here's the thing that pisses me off because a lot of people. Is it me? Do I piss you off? No, no, okay, no. Cool. But, you know, like <laughs> people make me. comments because like, people make comments. Oh, man, this sounds like all squashed and compressed. They go. And they, some guy went on. Uh, I, I've Amazon. read those reviews. I don't agree at all. Well, first off, there was a guy on Amazon. Fuck not, those not, inter- no, wait. On the Amazon. guy rips. The, he just shreds the sonics of it. Then he admits to stealing it and listening to an MP3. <laughs> I'm like, you know, man. Are you serious with that? <laughs> you know, there's, I mean, is there a bad batch? Because I know what I'm listening I've been making records for 40 years. And believe me, when I tell you, when I listen to it from my copy, it's like, I, it, it's different because we've got mm-hmm. Keith Carlock playing drums. Mm-hmm. It's a different producer. It's a different engineer. It's a different sound. Yeah. Yes, I'll give you that. But if you're listening off of an MP3 or a YouTube or an iTunes thing, it's all compressed through the computer, and there's no way around it. And then they said, well, I put a spectrum analyzer. Yes, from your computer sound. That's what you're going to critique me on, some armchair producer in Austria. Going off like, your sound is shit and weak and useless. You are nothing. You've lost your sound. That guy who, whoever, whatever you think just said, that spectrum meter, whatever. Who, whatever person is doing. put a spectrum meter up to his fucking head. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> guy is doing this does not enjoy music. No, I mean, no. these are the same guys that are like, at one minute and 43 seconds I heard a pop. <laughs> it's like, dude, you need to get out of the house. How's that? Buy the CD, put it yeah. in your car stereo, and fucking blow drive around the doll for you have, minutes. Bl- blow up the love doll you have in the closet and, you know, and have some fun. I'll tell you what, blow that doll up and make love to some of this. No, I mean, you know, listen, I, you know, listen, there's, you know, I don't know. It's a matter of taste. I mean, I can't argue with you. How do you argue? Some people say, no, let me just say this was the best reviews of our career. If the record really sounded like shit, wouldn't that be the easiest thing to yes. nail first? Yeah. You go, well, first off, the sonics of this thing are shit, you know, <laughs> but even people go, I, you know, I wanted to hate this record, but I can't hate it because these guys, guy, they actually brought it this time. So, I mean, I, you got to take the good reviews and the bad yeah. reviews and throw them in the same pile i'm not the greatest thing in the world we're not the greatest thing in the world we haven't changed the planet and we're not the yeah. worst fucking band that's ever made a record either so somewhere in the middle is where we exist <laughs> you know and everybody has a right to an opinion if you don't like the music and you don't like the way it was uh, mixed or whatever you don't you you prefer uh-huh. this singer you like this guy right this drummer's not here anymore mike and jeff are in heaven right now um i can't change that you know yeah. we are what we are and if you like the record thank you very much if you don't there's a lot of other music out there for us. i love the record i've been i've been talking about it long before i knew well, i could get you so on the show thank you very so much. let's jump to it because that's what we're here to promote this is toto 14 let's hear running out of time Matt, could you throw a spectrum meter on this song for me? <laughs> sure. Yeah, right. You know? <laughs> Joe Williams is singing better than he's ever sang on a total record. In my opinion. He's singing better than he ever has because, you know, he spent 20 years 
uh, writing for television and film. Mm -hmm. He wasn't on the road screaming and singing and stuff. You know, he raised a family and, yeah. he, and he stayed off the road. And he made a couple of solo records. But we remain friends because we've always been friends. Right. He's always been one of my favorite people, one of the funniest men alive. You should really have him on sometimes. He's a ginger, too. He's a ginger. <laughs> well, so is my oldest son. Joe, uh, let me ask you. Uh, Joe Williams, his dad does something, right? His dad is John Williams, the famous film composer. Wait a minute. What are you saying? Is this a Rock Solid exclusive? <laughs> no, it's very common knowledge, bro. But I remember being, you know, hanging out at the house when uh -huh. we were kids. You know, yeah. and he was like, you know, he was working. He never went near that room mm -hmm. where, his, where he was in. And since he writes all from the head. He rarely plays, you know, he's not, you know, he, it's all inside of it. He's a, uh -huh. it's beyond genius level. Yeah, of course. You know, he's probably Mozart, you know, reincarnated <laughs> or something, you know, he's, but he's one of the sweetest men ever. I mean, he just, you know, hello, boys. <laughs> I mean, you know, he's just the nicest guy. His brother Mark's a great drummer. We play wow. together. That's how I met Joe, was through his brother Mark. So when, uh, let's jump, because uh, we're going to play more Toto 14 music. Uh, Steve has said that this is, uh, you guys tried to make this like a, a direct. Um, no, I know it's coming. Descendant next. of these, Toto these 4. sound bites that come out. Of I know, and, and I, I run mean, with like a little I don't throwaway catchphrase. Yeah, but I don't think it sounds like Toto Four. No, it doesn't. It I, doesn't. Mean, I think what Steve meant at the time. It's the first time Steve Picard, David Pace, Joseph Williams, and I have been in recording studios since the eighties. Yeah, and this first song that Steve wrote and sang since Toto Four. Right. So I mean, we're looking at this. Uh, Joseph would say, well, it's the eighth one, because that's the last record he did was the seventh it's one. The seventh one, right. So, I mean, you know, I just think it's it was a throwaway comet that's, like, gotten like a forest fire and gone wild. And then people go, it does not. It doesn't have Bobby Gimmel. It doesn't have this thing. <laughs> okay, guys. You know, man, you know, don't take everything we say seriously. Really. Let's, you know? uh, I want to, let's play some. I, I, I do Bobby Gimmel's great. He was a great singer. We just don't work together anymore. I wish him all the best. I had I no bad vibe. No he, bad he's vibes. He's in love. There was a, all this, the internet and, and they always want to make a fight. They want to take something and turn it into a forest right. fire. The guy that's really a douchebag is his karaoke guitar player who thinks he is me. And that's a whole other issue. He's a stalker. Writes me this hate mail. You suck. I am better than you. The Swedish guy. He's crazy out of his fucking mind. I mean, you know, I mean, Bobby is just Bobby trying to make a living. And, you know, sure. he's 68 years old. What, what can I tell you? You yeah. know, I mean, he was 10 years older than us, lived in Louisiana. Right. Didn't have the school musical background, mm -hmm. but it was a raw, great soul singer. And, and when he's great, he's great. I don't have any bad feelings to say. I wish him well. No, so anybody I, that thinks that I hate Bobby Kimball is full of shit. Well, you, know, I, the, you know, I say something off the cuff. He says something off the cuff. I feel like I've started it, something, no, which I didn't I'd really want to I want to finish something <laughs> because right, I'm ahead. really tired of this. The lies going out there that there's um, some hatred. Mm -hmm. When we put the band back together again after we broke up in 2007. Yeah. Because, uh, you know, everybody was gone from the band except for me and him. Mm -hmm. And he had come back after 17 right. years. Um, um, Mike got sick with the ALS and we just lost Mikey and that was tragic and I'm horrified by it but he's at peace now that's all I can tell you yeah. it was a brutal disease ALS you don't want to get that one <laughs> trust me nobody wants to get that one yeah but you know, you know, people say things. He says something in the press. I said, and the press gets a hold of it, and much like the soundbite, they grab a soundbite mm -hmm. out of context without the ha 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 or whatever behind it, and it, and it turns into this ugliness. And then I say something back, and it never ends. I want to end. I don't have any bad feelings mm -hmm. with him, really. He is a crazy nutbag guitar player who's a delusional sociopath, but 
He's not a bad guy. I mean, you know, we did some good things together, and I'd like to remember yeah. the good times. I'm probably going to edit this down to where it sounds like you say you hate Bobby Kimball. <laughs> well, that's what most people do, and <laughs> no. that's how these things get out of this control. This does not get and edited I do not at all. hate him. I haven't seen him in I many, know. many years. I haven't seen him since the last gig. So, and whatever. you guys, look, you guys made... Uh, well, I saw him once for five minutes, but that was it. Uh, you, you guys share Grammys together. Yeah. And, and memories yeah. of this fantastic yeah, album, we had, we Toto 4. Music, but we make great music with all the musicians that have been in and out of this And band. that's why when, when I buy a Toto album, and... and there's a there's a different guy singing. I just go all right. I go right along with it because that's how Toto is. You guys, yeah. I mean, always it, it, have it would be a singers. lot harder for say like when Journey lost Steve Perry. I mean, yeah. what do they do? You have to find a voice that or Van Halen lost Dave. Yeah, I mean you know? that that was hard, and then yeah. and they went back like you know, and it's really hard. Yeah, when to you find the, that person, which is actually kind of good for you guys that you, you didn't have just one singular voice like Africa. That would have hurt us. Dave, Dave, Dave sings, sings Africa. Our biggest song. I sang a lot of the hits. I sing more hits than anybody actually. Well, if look, you want to look at it from uh, now. Look, I didn't know you were going to start to brag. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, I, I just know. mean like as far as like you know some of the more pop things they grab ballads that were hit records that really don't define what the entire band right. is all about. It's just one little teeny aspect. It's funny too because you're Steve Picaro sang lead on a bunch of songs too. You're the rocker, and yet you. You sang. Uh, There's the irony now. I, I won't hold you back. Yeah, I wrote that. And uh, I'll be over you. Yeah. Uh, These are songs that, like, I was kind of dicking around with. The, some mm-hmm. that they went, hey, that's a cool song. We should cut that. I was going. I was to write it for somebody else or something like that. You know. Yeah. Let's hear. Let's hear a little bit of Rosanna, just because it, yeah. it is you singing. That is me. And, the opening and, line. And uh, yes. what a great, what a great video with you with the big fro and the big aviator glasses. No, well, the aviator glasses is because I was up all night and they didn't <laughs> want to see my eyes. <laughs> it was 1981, bro. <laughs> That's when we cut this. Thing. We were all up all night, buddy. <laughs> so this is you singing the first. Yes. The first yeah. That's Bobby. Yep. That's Dave there. That's That's everybody. That's all Dave on the low bass. Super production on this. This sounds stellar. Now let's jump to the solo on Rosanna. <laughs> Get that great Steve Picaro keyboard. It's a legendary That's true. keyboard. So he spent like a week on that one. If he was here, I'd play that. This is phenomenal. <laughs> this. Uh, whenever I, whenever I'm giving my friend Luke a compliment, he just rolls his eyes. You guys can see that. Uh, you know, just... I mean, there's a million guitar players better than me, man. It's so scary now. There's little fetuses that pop out with the guitar, man. That's but blazing. Even now. Eddie Van Halen mentioned you no, as such no, a great guitarist. Well, he's a dear friend of mine. I love Edward, man. I mean, we've been friends since the late seventies. I just saw them perform uh, on uh, down in front of the Jimmy Kimmel. Uh, show. Right. All those just, guys. Uh, I love all those guys in that band, the Jimmy Kimmel band, rocks, man. He's just uh, going Toshi and all the cats. And uh, but I'm talking about Van Halen. Yeah, man. But I love. Anyway, I just saw Ed. I saw Al was really sweet, man. He showed up at Mike's funeral, man. It was really lovely to see him there. Yeah. His kids and Steve Picaro's kids went to school together, and it's all like I said, it's family. 
he just lives right up there. I live right over there. And, you know, we've known each other forever. I, um, Ed, Ed played, this is the Jeff Picaro tribute, and um, he played, worked on my first solo record. And I, I think I might, I played with the Van Halen Boys live before. It was really a lot of fun. I'm one of the great rock and roll bands of all time. And Eddie looks so healthy and good He's right great. now. He looks great. We used to be nutbags together, and now we're all healthy guys. So, you know, you live and learn. You know, well, This is a very strange business to be in for a lifetime. <laughs> try, yes. try, imagine, you know, 40 years of Saturday nights, every night. <laughs> that's, Saturday night. That's the thing about it you. It will catch up with you when you get older, you know. That's the thing about music now. I don't know. I don't know where is the next band that is going to be able to sustain a career I mean, you know what, you, man? It's uh, really going to be tough. I'd love to hear that band. Foo Fighters, maybe? But they're all, but you know that's that's old music now. Well, yeah, they're Those twenty years are, old. They're, they're not. We're young. talking someone in the past couple years. I mean, gonna, I love the Foo's. They're great, you know. But um, that's why when summer when summer when summer concert season rolls around, it's. All these great bands that I loved when I was a, when I was a teenager and in high school and yeah, but where's the new blood, man? I mean, well, they, I, I mean, I, even Radiohead's I mean. Radiohead's like twenty five years old. Now. Yeah, I mean, you know, Coldplay, same thing. You know, there's this new great band, bands. You, this new band, U two. They dumped an album in my iTunes. I was so fucking pissed <laughs> off at those guys. Did they do that to you? The, you know, it's funny because I was at a wedding and I met Bono, uh-huh. right, you know, and uh, and he was just reeling kind of of the the backlash from all that you know they act like they put uh like they put uh hepatitis c (laughs) in your computer well the only thing that freaked people out is the fact that there was um the ability to fill your your box with whatever they want it's like this only proves the big brother theory is Mm. really on us that's true we're all going to be in deep shit when uh, people can start downloading your entire google history for the world to see (laughs) because then they'll find out exactly what you're really into of course, with my sense of humor, I'll have a lot of explaining to do like why I'm on certain grannytranny.com or something. And believe me, kids, don't Google that because you will see some most disturbing yeah. images. I was in a studio once and I, and I said, if you can think it, it's on the Internet. And that's when I came up with that crack. And somebody, sure somebody hit it up. If you were to put that on there, you, it will be in, you know. So these things I get searched and I also... Go on other sites to make to send people really horrible things on the internet. <laughs> so uh, if you think I'm a sexual deviant, I'm really not. I just have a really weird sense of humor. But that'll be a scary day when everybody's personal history yeah. and what. The, I mean, it's already they already know what political party mm-hmm. you're affiliated. That's why I never put anything to do with anything religious or political right. because you know you, why lose half your audience. Right, exactly. You just say one thing and it's like you know I'm half- a peace and love guy, but that's non-denominational. That's non-partisan. That's yeah. like common sense. You know, live your life. Try to be you a know, nice person. I, you, you know, it's not. Uh, you, you don't have to be a Democrat or Republican to say it's people walking down the street with gun holsters on is probably not a good not, idea. Not good. Not you know, good in the target. And I think if uh, a religious person, if Jesus was to come down and look at the world right now, he'd be going, what the fuck have you done? <laughs> this is not what I meant. <laughs> you know, but you know, there may be people who argue with me and say that I'm being blasphemous and I'll rot in hell for this. I actually agree with you. Luke and I share some but, of the same uh, views. You know, I'm, I'm an old guy. I'm eccentric, so I can say whatever I want. I love, I used to be the youngest guy in the room. Now I'm, I'm running with this AARP mentality, <laughs> Paige, you know. Paige is, Paige is still going to be the oldest guy in the room, right? Is he the oldest guy in the band? I think, I think that he might be the oldest guy. I love in the band. he rocks that top hat still. He does. I mean, you know what? And very few people can <laughs> can rock a top for hat. some reason. He can pull it off because you know what? There's an innocence to Dave wearing uh-huh. the thing. If I put that thing on, it would look like okay. You get that off now. Take that off now. But he does it like 
I think it's because he saw Leon Russell wear one when oh, we were you kids. You know, that's really kind of where yeah. it came from. He thought that was really totally cool. And he could sport it and it works. You know, I mean, like I said, if I wore it, I'd look like an idiot. Uh, let me ask you this. Since we just heard Rosanna, as, as I'm going through the Toto catalog, you guys have so many songs that are just one woman's name. We're you all have, lesbians trapped have, in a man's you have, body. You have a song called Angela. Yeah, yeah. Lorraine, Rosanna. David Car- wrote all these songs. Carmen. You understand that? Are these all the ladies? Those are all Dave's songs. These all ladies David's banging around with. Well, he, Dave. Ironically, David has you know the longest standing marriage. Oh, there you go. In the past, <laughs> Holly, Anna, Leah, Holly, Pamela, Anna, Leah was, Melanie. Yeah. Uh, well, you know. Well, that was never. That's never going to happen again. But Let me ask you something. It was I, sort I, of I, accidental. We didn't really yeah. think about it, but all of a sudden you say it, and it's like, well, I mean, we, you know, it could, what are we going to write about men's names? Well, here's what, well I'm going to throw something out there to you. My wife has a beautiful name, and there's no song what? with her name. Mm. Her name's Edgar. Edgar. <laughs> and, no, my wife's name is Pilar. Pilar, it's a great name. Well, then the next time you get in the studio, maybe you throw something down, or just kind of whisper that name in Paige's ear. Go. Hey, how about Pilar? Well, <laughs> see what he comes up with. Toto fifteen, we get a hit single, Pilar. There won't be a Toto fifteen. <laughs> this one almost killed us. In ten years now, ask me in ten years. You don't ask a woman who just gave birth. So when are you having another kid? <laughs> people do do that. Yeah, no, that's pretty much how this one feels. I like when soon as people get married, when are you going to have kids? And as soon as you have a kid, when are you going to have another kid? And now it's people. So when are you going to retire? <laughs> like, like, you know. Well, if you I, read I those reviews my, on the internet, people want you out of this music business. No, actually, you know, it, you know, you, there's always. I don't care who you are, you get the haters. That's right. It's like if you look at a YouTube clip, there's always one guy that hits dislike. <laughs> Sometimes you wonder if it's the same guy that goes. He's just like, I hate everybody. I went to a shrink once after I, for various reasons actually, um, and he said he and I was like, what is with all this hate? You know. Mm-hmm. I don't understand why people with fake names go on there and say stuff that they would never say to your face. He goes, right. well, there are guys. I'm treating a guy right now who actually, one of his problems is that he goes on, wherever he goes on the Internet, if somebody likes something, he purposely hates it. He wants the conflict. He wants the interaction. He wants the attention of, of like, going against the grain. Like, you don't go on a fan site and go, you suck. That, I mean, it's like, come on, man. <laughs> the fan you know? site's not for you? No, it's like, you know, do you avoid it. I would never go out. If I don't like something, I wouldn't write, I hate this, you guys right. are the worst piece of shit, and you're ugly, and you're this, and you're blah, 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 blah. It sounds like you have done this. It sounds like that's a lot of stuff. <laughs> no, I've read you, it. I, <laughs> I mean, I remember people saying, yeah. I, they think I'm wearing a wig. Now, am I wearing a wig, dude? No, I never thought you were First wearing a wig. First off, you know, unless I got a wig from a troll doll, I'm probably not wearing a wig. <laughs> Uh, let me ask you something. Let's. Uh, I want to I go back to all these. You won all these Grammy awards for Toto Four. Yeah. Was it? Uh, was, was it? Ma- did the insane. record? Did the record label want you to use the logo from the first album on Toto Four? No, that was actually Jeff Bacar was more or less the art artistic uh-huh. guru when it came to all that stuff. Because I love, I love the Hydra album cover. I love, obviously, I love the Turn Back. I think that's a yeah, really cool a little very, graphic. That was a very cool graphic. But then actually. when Toto Four came out. Back that, to base. The sword's always yeah. been a good luck charm, which we brought that back. Back for 14, so, no, the 14 and the 7th one. Got, it's got the Roman numerals, and then mm-hmm. it has the, in the 7th one, it's a multiple of 7. Yes. Uh, you know, we tried to get a little you know, nudge, nudge, wink, wink with all of it, you know. When you guys go to the Grammys that night, how, no, what is that like? We you, weren't even in, we, first off, we, none of us belonged to Naris to even vote for ourselves at the time. So it was a very <laughs> surreal experience. But, and that would have been, that would have been six Well, between votes. us, here's the real, here's a fact that people don't know that, that we were on about 50 of the nominated records that year. Wow. 
So, and then people go, it's a fix, those guys, man, they know everybody in the music business, this is bullshit, because we were up, we thought Donald Fagan's album was going to win, because that's one of my favorite Desert Island records. Nightfly? Nightfly. Yeah. Getting back to the Grammys, that was a magical night for us, we, yeah. we, but, but we were scared, we were like, it all hit us like a ton of bricks, you know, we're mm-hmm. looking up there, and there's Stevie Wonder announcing us, and there's Quincy, and there's Elton John, all people that we worked with standing up for us, <laughs> and then we were so stoked by it, but the next day, there was all this backlash of like... You know, hate people hating on us. It's like we didn't we didn't even vote for ourselves. Yeah, all we did was make you a know? good album. And, and I talked to Ken Ehrlich about this once, who I worked with on the Beatles mm-hmm. special last year, and they did the Beatles fiftieth. I was in the in the All Star. Um, uh, was they put a band, me and Peter Frampton on guitar. Mm-hmm. All these really cool people in the band with Don was, and I, Ken Ehrlich was the producer who produced back then. I said, and I read his book, and he said, in, in it he he mentions that like. He was getting phone calls from people going, it's a fix. How could you, this is an outrage. And at the time, Neris had 5,000 members, and you had to be a musician, a producer, really somebody in the music business. Someone buy. in the know. Yeah. Now it's like every secretary in the world is like 50,000 members, and it gets a little confusing how this is all based. Right. You know, I don't know how you can call yourself the best vocalist when it's all auto-tuned. Well, let me tell you, you know something. I mean? that, like, that, makes, that makes the awards you have worth even more to you. Well, I mean, you know, it was a Because your show. peers actually really did vote you in. And, and, yeah, and we pissed off Rolling Stone because we turned off. We turned down. We're the only band in history to turn down the cover of Rolling Stone. And we're not even in the databases ever existing in the Rock and Roll uh, Hall of Fame. Are you... And I play uh, with 75 people in the Hall of Fame. Are you, are you, are you bummed that you actually nah. did that? No, it wasn't a great career move, I think, at the time. But, you know, would you walk into a burning house if it was on fire knowing you'd never get out? Because no. they knew it, we knew it was going to be a hatchet job because okay. they hated us. So we said, no, we're not going to do that. Fuck you. Yeah, because I don't think... I think, And it pissed them off because no, like, no one's ever done that. That I think was a maybe, punk rock move. No yeah. punk rock band. They sold out to the man with a corporate jet I and think, all his phony, his phony liberal bullshit because he doesn't live it. I th- I'm, not, I'm not for certain on this, but I think maybe Toto 4 got a two stars maybe in Rolling Stone. Oh, I, at I think, best. I think they... they <laughs> it's the greatest review. This music sounds like a tangerine orange leisure suit. I love that. What does that sound like? <laughs> Might be coming back into style. I mean, they don't know. No, they. The, the, here's classic Rolling Stone. The first album they slam. Mm-hmm. Second album comes out. Doesn't have the magic of the first album. <laughs> like, okay, guys, that's beautiful, man. <laughs> you know, they're really just a bunch. They're all about eighty years old now, deciding who's a rock and roller. I mean, it's like, can we dig up my grandparents and see what they think? You know, yeah. That's really where it's at, man. You know, it's really, um, it's it's a long winded bullshit feud that doesn't really need to exist. So you, you know what I mean? They even bagged on me in the Ringo fucking Rolling Stone thing. It's like, dude, what? are you serious? You still holding a grudge Liliani? Oh, <laughs> dude, I hurt your little feelings. I'm sorry, Yanni. You want me to come over and rub salve on your little teeny ball sack? I'm sorry. <laughs> Fuck off, you cunt. <laughs> <laughs> and you could put that on the radio. No, that's Stacey. Yeah. Uh, I might actually, that just might be an isolated drop that I use from time to time. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm just tired of taking shit from these guys for 40 years. Fuck this, off. You know, is, your little rock and roll the, hall of fame. Deep Purple's not in the rock and roll hall of fame. What's the first song every fucking kid learns how to play? Smoke on the Water. Right. Yeah, but they trudge out somebody you've never heard of from 1953 who mm-hmm. sold 14 records. Yeah. And uh, they get, you know, and people walk in, they roll them out in a fucking iron lung and give them an award. You know what I mean? It's like, are you kidding me? Cheap, you, cheap tricks, not cheap in tricks. Yeah, you know, the there, there's so many. Gl- yes is not in there. Nope. You know, I mean, there's so many. Glare- in Chicago, sold 850 billion records. I mean, you know, there's a lot of Todd Rundgren's not in there. I mean, you know, you could go down Ridiculous. the list. Everybody's supposed to be in there. Is pretty now. They're running out of gas, and it scares the hell out of them. Yeah. They won't even think of anybody like from, uh, you know, like Journey, Foreigner, Mm-mm. anything like. But that. But they're going to have to eventually. 
Well, they now they, you know, they they put Kiss in begrudgingly. Kiss is in and there Van, for all everything. And but Van music. Halen gave him the the big finger, you know. So Van I mean, you know, I mean, you know, so it's like you know, the, you know, it's it's kind of. I'm really happy for the boss to get in because, but it's like, aren't they a little late? Yeah, you know, he's one of the Beatles. I mean, anybody that bags on my man, I will take out in the backyard and beat him to death. You have to understand, none of those records had click jacks. No, all those fills, all those drum fills, nobody did stuff like that back then. That's a real. Person. He leads with his left hand. He played differently. He redefined the sound of drums on rock. He grooves and swings for real. And, you know, he should have been in there fucking 25, 30 years ago. Yeah. You know, but they, they thank God they did the right thing. You know, like I said, all the people in there are not bad people. But there's a, there's a small group of angry, really badly aging people mm-hmm. that are deciding on what's hip and what's not. It's not like sports where, like, I hit this many home runs. I'm an asshole, but you have to let me in. Right. You know what I mean? <laughs> Is this based on personal vendetta? How do you, you can't take art, any kind of art, and say this is better than this. Right. You know, it's like beauty. My wife, I bet you say, you think your wife is the most beautiful woman you've ever seen. Maybe somebody else might think she made me think might think they think their wife is the most beautiful thing. You can't take beauty, music, art, literature, and say this is better than that. It's just impossible. I'll tell you what. So you, how can there be a hall? We're in the musicians' hall of fame, and that was pretty cool for studio players and all that in Nashville. That was a great honor because only musicians mm-hmm. could vote, not Jan's secretary and uh, <laughs> you know all the rest of these people that they uh, employ. I feel in, like in their dying magazine. There's an know? office somewhere, and someone's like, "Does anyone want to fill this out? We don't have time to." And they okay. And well, they you know, there off. are there. No, I know people that are close enough on the inside of that to know that there are certain people that will never in a million years ever get in, no matter what they do. And we're definitely at the top of that list. <laughs> so I really don't give a shit if he hears what I have to say. <laughs> Look, success is the best reward. You got longevity, longevity. That's what I want. You know to what say. I mean? I mean, you can have success is easy to attain because you can buy it. If you listen to the radio, you'll wonder what the fuck and how did that get on there? And it cost a million dollars, but you can get on there. Uh, but longevity, yes, long longevity. career, you know, um, we've been dismissed from day one. So we're used to getting our ass. We're like like the we've survived it all. I've never been beatings. With, and, um, you know, uh, now people start to like the music. They go, man, you know, they're not so bad after all. They're on to hating other bands now. <laughs> uh, now we're old people. You can't beat up old people, can you? Speaking, of, let me ask you about uh, some. Uh, uh, what's the career move with someone leaving the band after their most successful album? After Toto Four, you get for the next album. You have a new. You have a new. Yeah, well, uh, a new you front know, guy. the cat imploded, man. You know, we give, give somebody a thousand chances and the thousand first. I got work, you. you know? I mean, I, listen, we were all crazy, but some mm-hmm. people are a little crazier than others. <laughs> and I, you know, I, was it a? I can't go back and change history. I yeah. mean, it may not have been the smartest thing we ever did. But, you know, uh, had we had maybe more forceful management at the time, they would have been able to sort this out. Yeah. But we, I don't know what was going on at the time. Yeah, because we after- were sort of like, uh, it was it was a very strange time in our lives. Mm-hmm. There, on one hand, you have all this great success, and then there's the the downside of what comes with that. Yeah. And some people, and we were all partying. There's no lies. It's all very documented. I think everybody in the world was, was getting high back then. <laughs> couldn't walk into a room. I mean, you couldn't walk into a room. I mean... Garen's high right now. Well, you know what I'm saying. I mean, it was just that time. Yeah. Now, like anything else, some people can have a couple, three drinks, and it's fine. Some people have one drink, and they're alcoholics. You know, everybody's different. Do you ever wonder how how, how you didn't have, like, a, a scare or 
that you're are you one of those guys. Well, like, it wasn't an impulsive thing. You don't right. just fire somebody for one transgression. No, I mean you, you yourself. Did you do you ever? Are you one of these guys? Because you always hear these guys that say like, uh, uh, "I'm lucky to be alive right now." Are, you know, were you that bad, or were you just? No, I mean, uh, listen. There was moments of excess, of mm-hmm. course, but I mean, at the same time, if you look at what was going on in our career at the time, the discography of everybody in the band, how much work we were doing outside of Total. Yeah, if we were that blazed, you couldn't how do that could work. we possibly have done all this stuff right. without being fired off of? every gig we ever did that's true we, there was a lot of output going on yeah i mean and everywhere we went i mean there was productive times i think our after hours hangs were pretty legendary but mm-hmm. i mean when on the gig i mean you had to have your faculties about you uh, or when you lost them you would end the gig and be like okay you know it's time to go home now fellas even though it's seven in the morning you know did the uh once you became really successful with Toto 4, were, were there more women in the audience at that point? Did more ladies come well, out? You know, the thing about us is we do still get women in the audience. Yeah. We're a lot of uh, muso-type musicians, mm-hmm. you know, musicians, musicians, yes. kind of bands don't really have that many women. Or really hard-edged, heavy metal bands that yeah. are like prog heavy, you know, where right. it's math kind of music, where it's really cool and technical and intense. But right. like, you know, most women... Don't really hang with that. Right. So we were sort of, you know, we could get on both sides. I mean, I like seeing pretty girls in the audience. It's nice. Yeah, why not? Because <laughs> yeah, I've done the jazz fusion tours where there's like, you know, the only girl in the audience is the one that got dragged along by the boyfriend and she's nodding out or she's screaming at him or she's drunk or something like, like you can spot the two girls in an yeah. audience if that's all there is, you know, uh, the prison tour. Let's, um, Let's hear just from isolation. This was the album that followed up uh, Toto Four. This was uh, this was the single "Stranger in Town." Dave sings this. Yeah, yes, he does. Very eighties. It is very eighties. Had a cool video too. What was the actor's name that was in this? Brad Dourif. Yes, he was cool. If you don't know Brad Dourif's name, Google him and you'll know him immediately. He was in One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. He yeah, but he in, played uh, Billy Bibbit in He was uh, Nest. in a bunch of David Lynch films. Yep. Which we worked with David. Yeah, there's little, I don't even know what you call it, but that little like... Well, just sound effects. Uh, actually, Steve and Mike Cotton from the Tubes did all that stuff. Oh, nice. Mike used to do all that crazy stuff on the Tubes, right? Yeah, yeah. All these weird sound effecty things. We're actually going to dig that tune out. I think we might play it this time. Oh, uh, we're, gonna, we're, we're going deep cut on this, uh, on this next tour. Do, uh, I, know, I know they're all your babies. Do you have a favorite album? Do you have a favorite album? I mean, it's probably the new one. Well, you know, it's you know what it is, man. It's like looking at an old photo album of your entire life. Mm-hmm. If you look, you know, I hear the, something off the first album. I can see Studio Fifty Five where we were working this mm-hmm. Richard Perry studio, and right next used to be right next to Paramount. It's gone now. It's a parking lot. Uh, I could see the room. I could everything about a Hydra. I remember Sunset Sound. I remember all these things. You know, every turn back was Cherokee with Jeff Workman. All the zaniness that went on with all that. And then, you know, I, it's all just a little snapshot of each part of my life. And it's been an interesting journey. I I think all of it has some, you know, some, some validity. There's a yeah. couple of things that I are wince-worthy, mm-hmm. whether it be production-wise, lyrically, or what the fuck were we thinking. But uh, 
I, I don't know, man. Maybe history will be kinder to us in 100 years. I don't know, man. Some of the stuff was really cool, and some of it was like, oh, geez, really? What were we doing? Whenever we tried to follow a trend of something, it, it, the record companies, you, you got to give us a hit. You got to do this. You got to do this. You got to dress like this. You got to be in this MTV video. We spent millions of our dollars making videos that nobody ever saw that were taken out of our royalties because we had to do that. Oh, that's terrible. And we didn't want to be actors. We never felt comfortable doing it. There was a couple of good videos. Rosanna was cool. Yeah. Uh, Steve Barron did a good job with us on that. Um, the Stranger in Town video, which we were hardly in, was a cool video. It was up for an MTV award. I figured if we, if we weren't in it, we had a much better <laughs> shot. <laughs> but, you know, MTV, I mean, that was a whole part of that whole how do you get on. It was supposed to be a non-commercial channel. We were sold the bill of goods. Yeah. And when it became great and powerful, they found a loophole and turned it into the biggest thing in the world. Yeah. If you weren't on MTV and you didn't play the game or whatever, however it went, you know, tell me when to stop. Uh, you'll, we'll get your video on false promises made. And musicians took a bath financially paying back videos mm. that never got seen. You know? Yeah. Yeah, I can remember it when MTV was uh, it was you know at the top of its game, and they'd say, "Oh, coming up this," and you'd see it, and then you wouldn't see it again. Like maybe never. Like you'd see a video, and then it would disappear. And that's, I guess, because they weren't getting paid to to play. But um, the uh, more hits came though. You you sing uh, "I'll Be Over You," mm-hmm. and let's hear a little bit of that. And we'll go into it's the so sensitive. It's a very <laughs> nice song from Fahrenheit. Well, you want to say something? You can talk over it. Well, I mean, the thing is, the record company, here we got a new singer, and we're going to come out with something strong, and they, you know, they they want to keep us in Balladville. Yeah. You know, so... And they got, you got a new back. lead singer, and then, they, and then, and then you're singing Well, this. they figured, well, coming off of the last big hit was I Won't Hold You Back, which right. was a ballad that I sang and wrote, so they figured, well, let's stay consistent with the sound of the band. Yeah. You know, this song was actually written for somebody else, but they didn't cut it. So we, you know, the guys in the band heard it go, that's a great tune. We should cut this. It is a great tune. I mean, it's a love song, you know, Um, but it's not, that doesn't define who we are. If somebody was to hear that and go, that's total, I don't like that. I don't like soft music, but then they can see us live. Yeah. And that's the problem. People hear this and that's what they think you are. You play that next to running with the, you know, running out of time. And you're like, was that the same people? And it is. And, um... How how do you feel? How do you rate yourself as a singer? Do you mind singing? Uh, I, you know, it's it's, it's you a have hard a, gig. I mean, I, I mean, I work very hard at it. You have a nice voice. It's okay. I mean, no, I never wanted it to be a lead that voice, singer. When but. I look at you, it doesn't seem like that voice comes out of you. Why? Because <laughs> you look like you look a little rough around the edges. Hey man, you look you know, like I've you lived would, hard. You look you look you look tough. You look tough is what I want to say. And then this nice voice comes out. If you fuck with me, you will die. See, that's what I mean. Because the thing with me, you can unload a machine gun and I'll still come at you. <laughs> <laughs> I have I have a rage inside of me that uh, if unleashed would be very scary. And I'm dead serious about this. Oh, I believe it. I have to see people about this. Because, I mean, I've been, you know, you take enough punches over 40 years, you develop an anger and you get ripped off by enough lawyers mm-hmm. and managers and, and people that take advantage of your kindness and your work. Mm-hmm. Um, I wouldn't be scared in prison. No, they wouldn't be able to touch me. I'd tear their fucking arms off. I look like a very calm little man, but be careful. 
Let's see, and I'm going to tell you this. Let's hear. <laughs> I'm let, really painted this really. <laughs> <let's hard picture. laughs> There's nothing better than I, that statement coming yes. out of "I'll be over you." <laughs> I know. It's <laughs> amazing. I know. No, but it's not true. I'm just kidding. I'm a, I'm very docile. I'm a peace love guy. <laughs> let's hear. Uh, let's hear. I some, just wanted to see the look on your face. When I you was. Said that. I, I, actually, I, I go for shock value. I'm a my, shock comedian. I, uh, my uh, my seat is totally wet. I pissed oh. my pants while you were talking. Um, I thought your depends were leaking. <laughs> no. Let's hear from. Uh, let's I'm really, hear from. I'm really not a violent person. At all. I'm just kidding. Uh, Toto 14, let's hear Burn. Oh, okay. It's fucking rocks. It's going to be a great hemorrhoid commercial. <laughs> so, doesn't sound like it's going to rock. Ah, see, we're very deceiving. But let's, let's wait. This is Joe Williams. His yeah. dad is hurting for money. <laughs> He's doing the new Star Wars. It's supposed to be a great movie, too. We were just talking about it before you got here. Like, no, it's it, John Cena. He said it's oh, terrific. really going to be. And here we go. Uh, you guys are all great musicians, but that that uh, that drum seat is always solid. Yeah, you know, we're, it's like Spinal Tap with the drummers. You know, I mean, when we lost Jeff, it was like you know he was like our John Bonham. You know, what I mean, he's like our he was our fearless leader. I mean, we were truly lost without him. And we had just finished the Kingdom Desire record, where you are your sole lead vocalist on that album. Well, yeah, I mean, after going through a bunch of people, it was like, oh, God, you know, why don't we just keep this in the family you know? and how come but how come Paige didn't want to sing anything on that he album? did he did sing something yeah, on that something, yeah, I thought whatever. I thought you were so vocalist no, on that whole I mean, album no, he no he's in there somewhere I know he is <laughs> okay no, I, I, believe I, don't, you. I don't remember off the top of my head but I know that he was in there well, uh, Jeff, I didn't really want the job, but then again, we didn't want to go through lead singer number five. You know right. I mean? So we started going, okay, let me just do this for a while. And that lasted a couple of albums. So. Yeah, Tamboo. Yeah, and, that, and those were fun times, you know. And, and then Simon, People might have thought I just said a nonsense word, no, but Tamboo no, is, a, is one of the, your albums. We came up with a whole concept of what that's supposed to <laughs> Mike Picaro, God bless him. He came up with a great concept of... I can't tell you about this right now. <laughs> uh, we know nobody makes fun of us more than we do. Please let me just put that. No, out you there. sound like you have a great sense of humor. No, about, man, about like perfect yourself. Example, they did a, a Family Guy, one of my favorite TV shows. Mm -hmm. They did a whole episode in Africa, and I didn't know it was coming. It was the funniest thing I've ever seen. So in my wait, life. you're sitting at home. No one warned you about no! it. No, you're sitting at home, and and I here watched one of my favorite shows. You're pissing your pants. Oh yeah, I mean, we we an American Dad did one where where. Uh, <laughs> You know, the alien and American dad, uh -huh. he's got his butt up in the air and he's ambiguously sexual anyway, you know, ambi <laughs> sexually ambiguous. Yeah. And uh, he has his ass up in the air and Stan, the father, comes in the room and he's got his ass up and he goes, I've been waiting for you, Stan. And my song, I Won't Hold You Back, comes on. <laughs> I watch the show, I see this. I'm watching South Park with my son. All of a sudden, I'm a South Park character. <laughs> you know, it's great stuff. Fantastic. I'm honored. Deeply honored. Shreds, Yacht Rock, Jimmy Fallon, and Justin Timberlake did a really funny bit on us. I, yeah. You know, I love this. I you totally get it. Please beat us up. I mean, <laughs> you're part of pop culture. It's great. I mean, what yeah. a great honor. Uh, I don't. We, there was no offense taken. As a matter of fact, we tried to send thank you notes to everybody. Going, <laughs> awesome. This is great. Thank you. What a great honor. 
that is good that you have that sense of humor. Oh, please, come on. I, you know Look at me, bro. You know there's many all people. These, all this bullshit I've been saying about, fuck Jan Wenner and all that. I mean, really, I don't really mean it. Yeah. It's not that, if it was that important to me, right. I would be on a mission to try to fix it. <laughs> it's unfixable. So, I mean, you know, I really, we're all really nice, approachable people, unpretentious. They're not rock star kind of people. We're just regular dudes that have a cool job, you know, but it's still a job at the end of the day. Yeah. The two hours I play is not what I get paid for. That's the You get joy. paid to travel there. It's in traveling is a bitch, man. Yeah. I mean, wear and tear. <laughs> and being away from your family, and, mm -hmm. and, you know, it's been costly to my personal life. Yeah. Um, you know, I've got four kids that I watch grow up on uh, Skype, you know, and then my older kids... You know, they turned out great, but my dad was in the movie business, and he would go on the road for six months at a time with no cell phones. And yeah. hear from dad for two minutes at once least with, a month. At least hey, with, I love you. Okay, great. Let me talk to your mom. FaceTime. That was like $100 a minute back then. You know what I mean? FaceTime and Skype, you can at least see the people. Yeah. I mean, that makes it a lot more doable for me. Yeah. You know, and plus, I have a great relationship with my ex, you know, and so I get to talk to the kids every day. We don't have the hateful situation like so many people do. That's good. You oh, shouldn't. my God. Well, no, because I'm not an evil person. I'm just never around. Let's. Uh, I want to play two uh, fantastic instrumentals. One from King of Desire. This is called Jake to the Bone. Oh, wow, you're going real deep yeah. that on me. Well, we're going to go. Dave's gone skiing next. Oh, so. wow. Let's hear Jake to the Bone. Like, if I just played for this for someone and said, guess who this is? You'd never get it. They'd never get it. Well, that's the whole thing with our band. I mean... We're not really definable, and it pisses people off. Yeah. Okay. Stylistically, which singer, who wrote? Right. <clears throat> we're a lot of different bands. Look at that. Jeff evil. used to say we were every band. We're every band. There you go. Look at that evil guitar here. Uh. Seven, eight, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> I haven't heard this in forever. And this is Jeff on drums. Yeah. Jeff, me, and uh, Mike Picaro. And David Page. That's when you guys were just a four tight yeah. four four man unit. This is one of my favorite albums that we've done. Actually, this is a lot of fun to do. We did it up at George Lucas's ranch. Oh, nice! Awesome. Did John Williams get you that deal up there? <laughs> no, but uh, they're certainly aware of the fact uh -huh. that there was a connection. You know, we have a very strange family tree. If you were to look at it, what, we're, what we were all connected to. Somebody, our last management. Uh, Put together this family tree of all the people we had worked with collectively. If you take all the guys that have been in and out of our bands, mm -hmm. like some like five thousand records, and and, and and they put up all the different famous logos from all the bands and our album covers that we worked with. It was pretty very impressive, pretty impressive. But we couldn't use it because we get sued by everybody who owns the when copyright and all those logos and all that. But uh, you know, uh, when it's all said and done, I take the dirt nap. I mean, I w I've had an extraordinary <laughs> life. You know, uh, you uh, you brought up David Lynch earlier, and then when you said George Love Lucas, he made, made me think of this. I don't have music from this, but you guys did the music for the movie Dune. Yeah, well, we, we, once again, one of our great career choices. Um, <laughs> we could have done Footloose and made lots of money, uh, but we turned that down because we didn't. You know, Bobby had left. You know, he was no longer in the band. We didn't know what we were going to do for a minute. We needed to, and, and this thing came up. And we were, I love David Lynch, and I still do, and we're still friends. Yeah. Um, he's made some of my favorite films, and he's just a really eclectic, interesting, really cool person. And at the and time, we, you probably thought this thing was going to be a Well, huge we were kind of sold film. it was going to be the new Star Wars. Right, exactly. You know what I mean? But they ran out of money at the end. They wouldn't let him finish it. And, and now it's become this cult classic. Yeah. Uh, 
hat uh, that is actually funny, but it's not supposed to be. Right. Uh, it's funny. We did one of the last tours we did with Jeff was 1991. We played Rock and Ring, uh, 50,000 people in Germany. And it was Sting and us. We were like the two headliners, and it was over the course of four days. Well, Sting was going on after us. We were like second to the end, and we, we had just come off stage. And we had a great set. We yeah. killed 50,000 people. It was great. And, and he walks up, and I think I was holding a bottle of apple corn, this fucking <laughs> German schnapps. And I put my arm around Sting, and I just looked at him, and I, and I went, Dune. <laughs> and he just shook his head. He, I said, yeah, it was a lot worse for you because he had to wear the little Speedo yep, and everything yep. like that. But, you know, at the same time, you know, it was just something we just kind of like, you know, you kind of crack up. You right. know, it was one of those career moves. Like, it was a great experience working with Dave, and I think had he been able to finish the film, it would have been great. Right. Uh, Kyle McLaughlin's still a friend, you know, and like, he did Twin Peaks with my buddy Miguel Ferrer, uh, who's George Clooney's cousin, and that's this, how I know Georgie. And, hold on and a second, I have to pick up, like, you dropped a whole bunch of names. I know, I did, I know, it's really <laughs> lame to do that, but I mean, <laughs> it's literally, not, it's fun, it's fun. Literally, I grew up with all these people. I know. Like, all the Beverly Hills Mafia right. kids. I grew up because I was a musician. I played with them. Billy Mooney's a dear friend of mine, the kid from Lost in Space, who's sure. now a grown man. Barnes and Barnes. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, these guys are still friends of mine. We still hang out. David Jolliffe, who was in Room 222, the guy with the big afro, where right? Do you, where do you guys hang out at? We just hang out, man. We're just <laughs> friends. We grew up together since we are teenagers and stuff. Is there like I love all those guys. They're all great musicians, too. They all have bands, even though they're famous for being child stars right. or whatever. They just they, go they out love and music. play around. That's and... how I met all those guys. Yeah. We were playing music when we were before uh, Toto and any of this stuff was going on, before Boz and any of that, you know. High school, really. Yeah. I went over to the venture on the other side of the tracks, <laughs> and I met all these really cool people, all the Cassidy brothers, and all. I worked with Sean, like, when he was first uh, started being a pop star singer. You know, I was one of my, you know, I was on the TV show, I mean, you know, 17 years old, going, okay, I'll be in the band, whatever. You know? <laughs> I'm getting paid. What, uh, Boss Skaggs, that guy's got to be a great guy. He, not, he was the first big break, and I got to yeah. say, and, you know, Jeff and, and David, and a guy named Jay Winding and the Picard Brothers, they all helped me get that gig. And I really wanted that gig because that was like the coolest gig to be on at that time. Silk Degrees was a massive record. We did like seven nights at the Greek Theater. Uh, it was a world tour, you know, private planes. All here I am, That's a nineteen-year-old kid, going, "This is it. This is what I read about." <laughs> and Boz made a big deal about because I was like young, and now it's not so weird to have young people on stage. But at the time, it was uh, interesting, I guess. To him to have such a young guy playing guitar mm. uh, and he gave me a lot of opportunity to play on stage made kind of a big deal and it was really a lot of fun for me and I owe him a lot and I got to play on all the subsequent records and he was a big catalyst to my career being involved with Boz and that he sort of spawned our band yeah the success of all those songs that David co-wrote with him was was the jumping point where Sony Records at the time was Columbia Records came up to him Jeff and David said I hear you got a band we want you what it, what, what, what's it going to take so we sort of made our first album without ever playing live before, even though we'd played live in right. configurations since high school. Yeah. It's, um, I mean, if people, if the listeners, if you think back to what you were doing at 19, you certainly weren't on stage for seven nights at the Greek theater. <laughs> That's <laughs> no, insane. It was, That's it was crazy. insane. It was, you know, it was, it was living the, the, the dream, you know? And like I said, I, I, Boz was really good to me and really good to the, to all of us. Like at know? the time, do you, are you, is part of you thinking I shouldn't be up here? Why am I? I shouldn't be doing this. No, I was very thrilled to be there, and it was like mm -hmm. you know, we worked really hard as young people to be good at our instruments, yeah. good enough to play with the big boys. You yeah, because that's what it was. You were, that was the big leagues. Mm -hmm. You went from the minors to the big leagues, and 
I will forever be in debt to Boss Gags for that. And he's a wonderful, unbelievably great, talented, soulful human being. I love him very much. I haven't seen him for a long time. So, Boz, if you're listening, it's time for us to hang again. <laughs> <laughs> let's uh, let's jump uh, let's jump to the the other instrumental. I said I wanted to hear from Tambu. Uh, Dave's gone skiing. <laughs> this is a great instrumental, also. <laughs> this guitarist has potential, Matt. <laughs> That's funny. The, the title of the song? Uh-huh. Dave's Dave Go Skiing. Well, Dave did go skiing. Dave we, were, we were supposed to be riding. So Simon Phillips on drums, Mike yeah. Bacar and myself, ended up at Mike's house. Uh, and he had a little studio in the back. And uh, Dave, we kept waiting for Dave to show up. And we kept calling his house. And all of a sudden, we found out, well, no, no Dave's gone skiing. <laughs> he didn't tell us. He just fucked off and went skiing. So we said, okay, well, we're going to write a little instrumental piece. So uh, here we go. It's called Dave's Gone Skiing. And it's great. He's probably sad he wasn't on this. He's on it. I don't think he got writer's credit on it. He may have. <laughs> Uh, that was our more fusion side. That was and Simon Phillips brought that to to the party. Yeah, Simon Phillips is a great drummer. Great, and you know we're still very very close friends. I love him to death. He's got a band called Protocol. Go check them out. They're incredible. Andy Timmons on guitar, Steve Weingarten mm-hmm. keyboards, Ernest Tibbs on bass. Fantastic. It's all that kind of fusiony kind of stuff, and that's where he lives. I think he wanted to do his own band. Mm-hmm. You know, he filled in for Keith Moon, filled in for Jeff Beccaro. Yep. At a certain point, when we came back together again to do this thing to help Mike, mm-hmm. Mike Bacaro, you know, with all in 2010, when we came back together again, because you guys were like officially kind of broken up, right? Well, I mean, I just I I said I'm done. That's it. Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't want to. There was nobody left from the original band. Yeah, I mean, they're incredible musicians, Lee Sklar, uh, you know, Simon, and you know, Greg Fillingaines came to sit in. These are all guys that I still love and adore, and we work together all the time. It wasn't like that. It's just it just wasn't what it was. Yeah. And I was in a really gnarly headspace at the time, and I needed to go get well and uh, get my shit straight. You know. So then, after you do this, um, this benefit. Yeah. Well, what we did, the idea was to do one, uh, one tour for like, you know, for a summer in 2010, just mm-hmm. to help him with you know his bills and stuff. Yeah. And, uh, it was so much fun with Joseph and Steve back, and the crowds were insane in Europe. We thought, yeah, let's do it again in 2011. Why not? You guys up for it? Yeah, sure, man. Steve was working on Justified, the mm-hmm. TV show. He scored that, and he just finished that. Matt's a big seasons. Justified fan. Well, that's fan. Steve, Steve awesome. McCall. Yeah, yeah, I see his name. You know, on, uh, so he just finished the, the final bit of that, right. and uh, so he loves doing all that stuff. So we were working around everybody else's schedule. I'm on the road with Ringo. I'm doing all kinds of other projects. I just finished up with Larry Carlton. We just did a DVD after 15 years. The last one won a Grammy, so we were excited about playing together again. Um, so we all do have other things to yeah. do. So this thing, all of a sudden, we said, well, it's a 35th anniversary. Let's do a DVD. Yep. <clears throat> and then we found out that the next manager of ours said that if we put anything out, he signed something, had us sign something without reading it, <laughs> saying that if we ever did anything, we owed somebody a studio album. We're like, what? So we found ourselves in our first foray into litigation at that point, Mm -hmm. going, nobody's going to tell us what we can do. And then we finally succumbed and said, well, you know, if you make this record, you'll make some money, you'll do this, you have a new product, and blah, blah, blah. So we said, well, if we're going to do this, we've got to do a great one. Yeah. 
once we put our mind to it, you know, we decided, okay, let's really dig our feet in, get our fingernails dirty, and really put some blood, sweat, and soul into this and see what we can come up with to disprove the myth that there's nothing left of guys over a certain age, you know. Well, before before we get into, is that Joe Williams calling again? No. I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> no, boy, man, we're, we're roasting here, man. I got to get a doctor appointment. Oh, you do? Okay, well, let's We're going to. So I'm having my penis reduction. <laughs> For the tour, you don't, you don't want to go out and hurt any women on this tour. Uh, you know. You've in, been injuring some people. Okay. Uh, they call me the loaf. You, um, <laughs> I'm just kidding. It's really not true at all. I'm going to play. Let's None play. of this is true. I'm let's actually, hear. Uh, let's play another uh, another track from 14. <laughs> nice segue. Fantastic. <laughs> uh, this one's called, uh, let's hear Holy War from Toto 14. Then we'll wrap it up and we'll play us out with 21st Century Blues. Oh. Look at that shredding. Doing a little harmonics there? Is that what they call that? Oh, and there are all sorts of little weird accidental trips. See, that doesn't sound like the same band that sings I'll Be Over You, right? No. <laughs> See? No, that Never ba- judge a book by its cover. That band that sings I'll Be Over You, those guys are <laughs> pussies. Yeah, well, you know, we get that too. <laughs> and again, Although, that's the one that puts the girls in the seats, you know? No, that's true. That's been very good to me in other areas. <laughs> as a it's single man. It's been good man. to you and the loaf. <laughs> no, I'm joking about the loaf. <laughs> All right, look, we're gonna play. We're gonna play out. It's with more of a, like the stump. <laughs> let's do some. Let's do some promoting. <laughs> uh, also joking. You're on Twitter at Steve Lukather. Uh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you can find me. You know, yeah. just Google me and. Uh, yeah, it's Steve, a scary thing. SteveLukather.com. There's a very, very extensive website there. All, everything yeah, you play on. There's tour dates and all that stuff. Yeah. There's the TotoOfficial.com or whatever. You know. and, uh, I think at, these days, if you just Google somebody, it gives you all the places to go find them. That's right. That's true. I like to sell it. say it, though. Yeah, Toto's on uh, Twitter at Toto99.com. Yeah. Uh, because they couldn't get at Toto, because that, of course, is uh, Dorothy's dog has that. Right? Well, there's sure. that, and then there's also the Japanese toilet company, which we do have. Oh. We, we found out that, that was the greatest. There's a Japanese toilet company oh, called the, Toto? Oh, yeah, there's the greatest toilets in the world. I have one in my house. I mean, how could I not have one in my does house? It have, does it say Toto on the oh, toilet? Oh, this thing fucking keeps the prune clean, man. It's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. You don't even, a little dove comes, takes the poop away, man. It gives you a little rim job, man. Press the, the dryer in there, man. It's, it's a beautiful experience. You got to get one. I am so But glad. We, were, we were like mortified no, when we found out that it was. And I looked at the guys and go, like it, like it wasn't bad enough with The Wizard of Oz. Now we got this. You know, I think Tom Scott, you know, a very famous saxophone player, he uh-huh. said he sent us a photo of his shit in a toilet with a total toilet. But he goes, good choice for a name, guys. You know, Tom's a very sarcastic man. Uh, anyway, uh, you know, and I just, I'm shaking my head going, it's, this is only going to get worse. This is only going to get worse. But now you got to laugh at it all. I mean, listen, there's a lot, there's even worse names than Toto out there now. I mean, people have really made some interesting choices in names. That's we couldn't true. get funny or obscene back in the day. That's how we ended up. I mean, of course, when bands sit around and start thinking about what, what are we going to call the name of the band? 
the first thing that comes out is like the most horrific shit that you could ever never get away with. Right. But you can get away with now. Yeah. The worst band name I've ever heard is uh, Barbara Streisand. It's just a horrible band name. That's a that's a that's a woman. That's a solo. You, that's not a band. I no, worked. I did no, a couple okay. records with old Babs, man. She's a great singer, but a, apparently a real tyrant. I bet I couldn't name. I bet anyone I'd name, you could say, "Oh, I worked." I might have. I might have. It's and then really Neil like Diamond. I'm, I have. I'm I'm done. <laughs> yeah, I don't even know where to go from there. I have. He was great. I love yeah. the diamond. Who doesn't love I the love, diamond? I love Neil Diamond. Come on, That's, he's I, the diamond. David Wilde and I did a whole Neil Diamond episode here. I love the, uh, Neil Diamond. Very nice man. Incredible gifted talent. Real pro. The uh, Your tour starts May 21st in Glasgow at the Royal Concert Hall. It does, yes. Uh, we will not be able to make that no. show. Come out and see but, us in the United States, though. I mean, you know, we're, we're doing an extensive tour with the band, yes. Yes. We're You'll very be honored at, to be there. In Los Angeles, you're going to uh, be at the Greek, Greek Theater. Greek in Los Angeles, but there's dates all over the, all over the United States. Word has it that my friend Luke's going to get me into that show. Hey, the you theater. know. I don't know <laughs> yeah, if that's true. Everybody in Los Angeles said the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> you know, here's the, here's the big thing. Well, they don't just give us free tickets anymore. You know, we get like a couple free, and then we got to buy them at face value. So Let me crawl into one of those, uh, one of those uh, cases, and you just carry me right in. <laughs> yes. Well, that's already full of lots of people. Right now. <laughs> uh, the new album is out right now, Toto 14. I think it's one of your best albums. Thank definitely you, top three. Uh, it's And I'm not just blowing smoke because if the album sucked, I wouldn't have wanted you on. Uh, you. So uh, I want to thank uh, Steve Karras. 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 Steve Karras. Let's do a second take because you can edit. He's so, I'm hoping he, that you're going to edit some of the more negative, weird I'm only going to edit that one thing you told me to edit out. Okay. That's, that's going to be... That's but Steve Karras set this up from uh, SKH Music, uh, and uh, Jamie Whitlock did the Facebook artwork for this episode, and uh, Steve Lugather, I thank don't you. care if you want to hear it or not, you're a legendary guitarist. Right, thank you, man. Uh, and uh, thank you. This is my 200th episode. Hey, happy 200. All right. So thank you for being you here. You look a day over 190. Well, thank you. Um, <laughs> this is a comedy podcast, and you, I think, brought the comedy this week. No, I don't know. Yeah. I think you did. I'm only funny to my friends. Uh, <laughs> Steve, thank you so much thank for being here. Thank you very much, guys. Thanks Let's play us out with 21st Century Blues from yeah, the yeah. new album Toto 14. Which you sing lead on. Yeah, I wrote, uh, me and CJ Vanson wrote this one. Okay, let's do it.
20% de Deus. 